let's start the show. It's April 5th, 2012. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, Norman Chan. How you doing, sir? Good. Now that I have a cup of coffee that you made for me. It's a delicious cup of coffee, isn't it's it? It's pretty good. It, are these the beans? Those are uh, similar beans. I used last week's. I used the last of last week's bag. That's this week's bag. These are roasted on April 2nd. Uh, indeed, they were. Today's the 5th. Gary, what, how are you doing? You're sitting over there wearing a uh, V-neck sweater, it seems. Uh, yes, thank you. I uh, would like to second Norm's uh, appreciation of the coffee. One of the good things about podcasting out of your house is that there's always good coffee here. Well, you know, when we have an office, I'm going to push really hard to make sure that we have good coffee and a full coffee brewing station in uh, our, our... I mean, even if that means bringing your own stuff in, Yeah, right? I'll bring it in. I'll, Can I'll, we do a mystery coffee of the week where you taste coffee and tell us where the world's from? I am not capable of that. I do not have oh. that kind of refined a palate. Okay. Um, I would like to thank you for using your coaster, though, Norm, uh, which was uh, set out for you. And thanks, Gary, for using your coaster as well. It says Sugar Ray on it. Great. Sea uh, Ray, oh. actually. It's, I think that's a tchotchke from a place Gina used to work. So, uh, so yeah, we're still here in my living room. You can, If you're watching the video, then, then you see that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's right here that I did a time-lapse build of the little tiny Death Star sitting in the middle of the table. That's a really nice model. I thought that turned yeah. out really well. Midi scale. Yeah, yeah it was like 30 bucks, that, right? too. Yeah. I feel like that was good a pretty model. good deal. I felt, felt like that was my bricks from the Bay Hall, so I was stoked about You're it. You're surrounded by quite a few impressive Lego pieces. You've got the uh, the blockade runner behind yeah. you, the Solomon Guggenheim Museum. You've got the Death Star I don't over like here. The rebuilt. Museum. Just, rebuilt. Just as the Empire rebuilt the Death Star, mostly you have mostly rebuilt the Death Star. Yeah, you know, we're, we're missing some key pieces to finish the top because they're enormous Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. I, I look at that Star Destroyer in front of me, and it looks like a football. It does kind of look like a football. It wouldn't kick very well, though. Or throw. And of course, you've so got the uh, amazing uh, Kusu uh, Hayabusa Japanese yeah. satellite over there as so well. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can borrow Norm's fancy high-end camera and do a time a, a stop-motion build of that. We'll talk about stop-motion. Well, we can talk about stop-motion now if you want. But I want to do that with like the full stop-motion with like the, the high-res, you know, nice Norm camera. I'm very jealous of that, that satellite. That's a great... I, may, I, may, I may have to... Thank you, Stephen P. Lynn. I may have to go yes. on eBay and, and, and get No, no, you myself. want the submarine. The, uh, well, I want both, but I think I, I, I like both, but you're going to pay... Well, the submarine... The submarine Why are these just not like available in the US? bucks. Yeah, I know. It's annoying me. Uh, actually, the, Gary, I'll give you some good news. The satellite, they yeah. had extras because it didn't sell as well as the submarine in Japan. Oh. And on Lego.com, they will be selling the satellite. Um, just online though at the just the retail do you price. know when that's going to start i don't know exactly because i will i I'm when that happens that. you should jump jump on, on it yeah the the next one of course is the minecraft thing and you can still pre-order that i don't care about that i'm really excited about the uh the sop with camel uh, uh the famous world war one fighter yeah. plane which Scooby lego is flies in. yes thank you um it was also flown by real <laughs> world war one fighter pilots <laughs> like snoopy yes and the Red Baron. Um, yeah. And of course the uh, the, the big the, the no. big R two D two, which is coming out in a few weeks. I'm excited for both of those. Can't wait for the big R two D two. I know what I'm getting for my birthday this year. P.S. It's a big R two D two. That's pretty sad that you know what you're getting for your birthday. Well the problem this is the problem with liking Lego now. Because now the, the, the gifts are Why easy can't you and just obvious. Get it not for your birthday, and then for your birthday get something unexpected, because that's the challenge for your birthday. You know, 
Like true. the Alan Moore story for the man who's everything, the toughest thing that Superman's friends had to do was get him a birthday present because they could. And you know what? The what did they get? Was, Superman. The best present was friendship. Spoilers. Friendship. Really, the Super Friends is the best present. Friendship. Wonder, was the so, present. so you're saying that Batman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman got no, no, Superman, only Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman Twins, and uh, Batman and Robin got him presents. And Superman knows everything. He has a fortress. I mean, he has no family, but. He yeah, has, I would actually yeah. say that Superman is kind of a tragic figure. I mean, his entire civilization at homeworld is wiped out. Well, the bottle he doesn't re- Which was the story. The story was that uh, Mongol, his, uh, one of his nemeses, uh, tricked Superman into thinking that he was back on Krypton with a family with ultra. Oh, that's memories. a nice birthday present. No, but then once he realized it was fake and he didn't have, really have a family and he was brought back into the real world, he got really angry and they fought. I think like it, immunity to kryptonite or something would be a pretty good present to give yeah. Superman. It's like his last well, weakness. The, the bottle city. Like somebody could break into Brainiac's secret satellite and steal that. That'd be kind of nice. I guess. I'd want a bottle city. All right. I mean, who wouldn't want a bottle city? It's like an ant farm full of Kryptonians. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, what what else? What else could you get, Superman? Though, like, you think Superman likes a cake? A Pulitzer? I would think Superman. Why, why wouldn't Why wouldn't Superman <laughs> yeah, like cake? Everybody likes cake. Kryptonians got to eat cake. There's too. also, I mean, the argument's been made before. You know, there was a famous Seinfeld conversation about whether or not Superman has a sense of humor. It's like, well, he has super powers and everything. Like, you think you'd have a super good sense of humor? I don't think he does. I always get like, do you think he en- enjoys cake more though? Like, he has super hearing, right? You think he'd be able to he taste super have smell, super, super senses, so, like the cake. Yeah. Must must taste yes. better to him than to the average person. But you know, if you you'd think that would have or would it be too comics. overwhelming? Be like, oh, this is too yeah. rich. It's too sugary because my taste buds are too sensitive. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, he, it doesn't matter because he gets more energy from the sun than he would. Yeah, he doesn't from eat just right? carbohydrates and fat. He just like, he needs doesn't to blend need to in. eat. Uh, he has basically a fusion reactor in his stomach. Like he can process everything. He has Mister Fusion in his in yes, his belly. So. Well, yeah, um, he's going to have a super metabolism. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm sure he can eat whatever he wants. But if it's he has just the question, would the food taste even better to him? If he has super taste, though, you'd think he'd use that to fight crime and villains. Like he'd 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 lick the floor and be like, "Yeah, I taste Lex Luthor's treads here." No, he just Luthor was here. He can just look at. The yeah, floor. he can sense things. Yeah, he, you don't he doesn't have to lick get the gross. Floor. Licking, super <laughs> I know, licking the floor. I, I, I think I, is a bad maybe, image. Maybe all this licking that you've done over the years has been trying to build up your super taste, Norm. Mm. It sounds like a a bad NBC procedural. Starring yeah. uh, Jenna yeah. Roney. The like, taster. Yeah, she's an unconventional cop. She has super taste. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. There actually is a comic book uh, oh, no. by that. Co- oh, Chew. Uh, Chew, yeah, yeah, right? Which is a, a guy who uses his taste to solve crimes. Yeah, but uh, oh, I think he can only taste dead guys. Isn't that right? I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, that, he, that is correct. Yeah. So he's a cannibal. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is probably a good time to mention that this podcast is not for kids. Uh, we uh, delve into a variety of uh, adult topics. Can we address this? Because no, there's, there's, there's no addressing. Well, no, I just we talked wanna... about a jar time last night. Well, I didn't at length. Yeah, but not everybody watched that. Well, they sh- they should go for to people the li- and watch for it. people it's listening to the podcast now. Can we, we can allay their fears that there isn't necessarily a language filter that's being applied. Right? Some people are, were worried that, that some of the and I, saltier I think, elements of the show may be toned. I don't down. think you can say not for kids. It's for more mature kids. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We don't know what the solution to that is yet. It hasn't. It has been a little bit of a problem. I've gotten a couple of angry emails from from parents and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Adam has used salty language on the website already and written, right. written articles. Um, you know, those guys understand that the internet is kind of a different. Now it has a different set of rules. There's a clear difference TV. between salty language and being offensive. Yeah, needlessly offensive. Yeah. 
So I think, you know, once you once you've decided what the rule is, I'll, you know, we'll stay within those parameters. But right yeah. now I don't quite know, you know, I feel you made like it we're 39 making... minutes last week. That was a big that was pretty I know, impressive. but I don't even know if I'm supposed to be trying. Like no, I, don't, I, don't... I don't think you need to hold back. I mean, we are enthusiastic about the things we talk about and sometimes the only way to express enthusiasm is using to some use salty language. 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 Yeah. yeah, in the spur yeah. of the moment. Yeah, sometimes so, so yeah. That's the It's a good way to communicate your deeply felt passion for a subject. Well, it's not really a good way, but it is an effective way. What yeah. I would say. Yeah. So we yeah. know no other ways. You know, a lot, you know, I, I was always taught that swearing is a sign of a limited vocabulary, which is, you know, perhaps not a bad argument. But I always kind of thought that that was fucking bullshit. But, but. we also value feedback. Yeah. And I so, think the feedback so far has been very positive. About the overall changes or the new podcast, the slightly changed the podcast. podcast. Yeah, I mean, just for the podcast. Yeah. At least. We were, I'm enjoying it. It's, much, it's, it's also kind of fun to do it in the living room. It doesn't sound much worse. I was afraid we were going to have some weird audio issues, but everything seems to be cool. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump right in. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, do we want to talk about the coffee? You, you seem to be very interested in this coffee, Gary. Well, I'm always interested. In, as you know, I am interested in coffee, and I'm interested when you make it because, you know, we get to have the special gourmet pour-over mesh filter method, whatever it is you you're employing this week. You mean the plus Chemex I just I did I had never seen Rwandan coffee before, and I just I, I didn't know if if that was is that ethically appropriate these days? I mean, isn't Rwandan kind of a war torn country? Is this like well in the night? I mean, what it's if this like, coffee's made by like warlords employing like child soldiers or something. So I haven't done a ton of research. I I read coffee blogs, and they usually do that stuff for me, so I don't have to think mm-hmm. about that. But my understanding is that, that yes, there was a horrible genocide in Rwanda in the like late nineties, and there was a movie about it. Uh, which one? Hotel. Rwanda. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, well known problems. Yeah, yes. it's it was a it was seed of unrest. But there have been uh, reforms in the government. There's uh, some kind of democracy there now. I don't know if it's a real democracy or fake democracy. Yeah, but it seems like people aren't being killed because of who they are or where they were born anymore. Yes. And even um, even if you know that place is still tumultuous, it's not like the everyone there. You know, it's not like the coffee is made by the warlords, right? It could be. Well, we well, no, the, the, the point is we don't know. The the point is. That the coffee is being ritual buys co- the places I buy coffee from buy coffee from people who are sustainable and all the all the stuff that you hear about on Portlandia that's that that matters. I this mean, is not warlord I, coffee. I'm more offended by okay. Ritual's logo and how it you know how, it, it conveys. What? It's a bit communist, communism. isn't it? Yeah. yeah the, the Look at that. It looks like a It looks like the yeah. like, well, I mean, it's a I, sickle I, and star. Yeah. The, the coffee cup, cup looks exactly like the sickle. Did you not? From the, old the first thing Soviet I noticed. Logo. I guess that's true. It is a little communist. You know. Yeah. Well, I like what's, commu- what's a thought. Gary that? drinks Nazi coffee. I guess I drink communist coffee. What do I know? Mm, socialist coffee. Um, so exactly socialist coffee. So yeah, uh, that's the story on Rwanda. It's a uh, uh, Gary's by silence. By your silence, I'm assuming that you completely agree and apologize oh, yeah. for impugning my coffee, and also are enjoying it a great deal. Well, this coffee apparently has a flavor of pink grapefruit, toasted marshmallow, and boysenberry. I did not taste I any did- of those flavors in the coffee. Not because I had Splenda in it. But yes, even, because you had well, Splenda. Even in before it. I put the Splenda in it, I couldn't taste those flavors. Uh huh. Well, you you uh, you know, it just tastes. I don't like ever, coffee. The flavors that I can taste are usually the chocolate and and like the dark berries, like blackberries and stuff like that. But the other stuff, I don't. I never. I don't know what toasted marshmallows taste like exactly. I think that's a weird flavor note for coffee. Like period, toasted marshmallow. I mean, I know what they taste like when you eat them, but they usually just taste like sweet and burnt. There's like mm. a charred element, and a, I, I, it doesn't matter. Let's uh let's talk about tech news. Okay. And science. Uh somebody's is that Gary's phone That's ringing? Gary's right over there? phone right over there. By ignoring that phone, I guess <laughs> Gary means he's putting his full attention toward today's podcast. 
He says, just turn it off. I'm afraid to turn off the phone because I see who it's from, and it could be important. But I'm going to turn it off anyway because okay. Gary said so. Okay. Very good. Good talk, Norm. <laughs> this is a great bit of the you, podcast. You know what said on that you phone? It said Hollywood. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was a phone call from Mr. Hollywood. So should we talk about the the thing at the top of the list? Because Gary, oh, I, I Archie's coming. Uh, Google's Project Glass. Okay, there was a little bit of news about this earlier. I guess like two or three weeks ago, kind of a, like a. It seemed like a very controlled leak to the New York Times. It was yeah. Nick Billen has lots of friends at Google X everywhere. Yeah, well, everywhere, but specifically with Google X, he's the one who who broke the story a few months ago saying, hey, Google has been working on some goggles for a while. Yes. Believe me or don't believe me, but I Virtual I reality, augmented reality goggles. And we, we've talked about this, whether it's a good idea or not. Um, well, th- okay, so to recap. Just conceptually, yeah. In case you didn't know, Project Glass, which is what Google is calling this, this is from their Google X kind of uh, skunk works, think tank, whatever. They're, they're, it's, it's their they the modern day equivalent of Park and all these but, other. But they have Google Labs. So. But this is, this is for further out. They're, they're looking at space elevators and augmented reality. This is like the DARPA division, right? Um, it's, it's, it's like Lockheed Martin's or Lockheed skunk works and, and Xerox's Park, right? This, this is long-term research that doesn't have immediately applicable, right? Just researching uh, stuff just to purposes. see what might come out of it. See, yes. see, see if we can make cool stuff happen. So, what are the? It, what are, well, it's not as far from the future or far away in the future as like space those elevators, other, exactly. Yeah. Because not yesterday's report when it first broke, but a couple months ago, Nick Billman was already saying that Google was planning to release consumer products by the end of this year. Yeah, uh, and judging so. So what this is is a pair of augmented reality glasses. You put them on. They actually have shown some I, – I don't know if those were prototypes or uh, mock-ups. It seems like yeah. they were prototypes. Mock-ups. Really? I don't think those are working prototypes. They're way too polished to be working prototypes. Well, so one of the guys that's working on this team is the guy who made the contact lenses with the display in them mm-hmm. or, or last year uh, or the year technology before. Technology that really exists. Right. Absolutely. Things that are real. Um, Let's paint the word picture. Yeah. So these are a pair of glasses you put on, and basically you have a heads-up display over the world that is running Android. That's the that's the long and short of it. That's it. Like you look at icons and that pop up in the HUD, and you can do things like take pictures. And there's some voice control. When you say glasses, and, do you mean something that looks like Oakley glasses? The original report or, said Oakley thumps, which were those big dumb glasses with the MP3 player built in for snowboarders. Or you know, you're talking about like the like the weird Vin Diesel skull cap glasses, or you're talking about what you're talking the ones about. that go o- over the head. You're talking about ski goggles, because we've seen ski goggles with HUDs before. Um, I'm talking about something that was smaller than any previously previous HUD that I have seen. Uh, so they were basically... Yeah, I mean, for this to work, the, these glasses just need to look from the outside like regular glasses well, or sunglasses, right? Like they, they You can't don't. look like you're walking around with crazy Geordie LaForge type shit so on your face. They, they actually look, look like Geordie LaForge shit. They look more like visors than sunglasses, though. Um, right now, they look like a thin plastic band, and you have a... Pl- uh, it's very narrow. They look metal to me, but... Well, metal band, but you have the HUD on one eye, and it's not covering the eye. It is a little above the eye. Yeah, that's that's more or less it. Yes. Um, and it seems like it kind of pro- projects into your field of view, but you have to kind of look up and around to, mm. to get what you want. Um, it seems like there are no specifics. It seems like there's probably eye tracking because it's like they basically Google released a concept demo video of what the first person mode looks like. Um, and you you showed a guy basically getting up, making coffee, checking the weather, looking at the time, going through all of that kind of day to day. I'm shaking my head because it was just a concept video. Did they say it was a concept video? It's absolutely a concept video. I'm just saying. Video. I'm just There's, asking. 
There's no way. It, it clearly was a concept video. It wasn't a lens over a camera with that software running. Well, okay, it was, CG but it could be overlay. a mock of what their what their actual what their software is looking like. I mean, there's nothing. It, it was nothing in that video is impossible video. with today's software. Correct, but it could just been. It was just an animation. It was a, yeah, clearly an overlay over. Yeah, this uh, software is very much like those pie in the sky videos that Microsoft or whatever put out every couple of years yeah, in a world exactly. everything will be made of. Yeah, glass. but the difference is, show me the thing when it's real, and then we can get into. Well, it. that's that's where I think all of us ended up because okay. we've, we've, so we've already talked about the theoretical side of this a right. lot. Like it can be used for evil things, or it could be good. You know, who knows? Like I want, I need to, the, the concept videos for me. Me are meaningless. Yes. I mean, let's if, even if we give them the better for the doubt and say. They got the software right this time. Yes, it's running Android, but let's say it's as smooth as this concept video. If it's as smooth Once as a Nexus day, phone, sure. that's fine. Uh, I'm in. What is the use case for this? Uh, lady repellent? What Maybe? is the intentional use case for this? Uh, the intentional use case is that you can be connected to the internet and have all the benefits of your smartphone without having to be walking around with your phone in front of you all day. Yeah, long. you can wander around in that little antisocial bubble without even looking like you're in that bubble. Well, you can actually look like you're engaged with the world around you, even if you're not. So we're talking about sensors that scan the immediate area because you want augmented reality. You're talking about sensors that a camera that looks at your eye for eye tracking. Yes. You're talking about some type of projection mechanism. Sound. On, and, and sound. Sounds very cumbersome. Well, so there's there's two things there's two things that are that that didn't happen that I know people were concerned about uh, the demo video and judging by the way those glasses look I don't think there's any way for Google to overlay things on top of things in the real world like they don't have it seems like they don't have the precision to say oh okay that is a logo for something that we don't want to show an ad like that's a Magnavox logo Magnavox isn't even around anymore I don't think but Sony has a deal with us to block out all the Magnavox logos in the world and replace them with Sony logos. The, the problem with that is that the camera looking out into the world isn't as good. Yeah, doesn't seem to have. The, I don't, the and field I don't of think view. we're even dealing with anything yeah. that. Right, that, they're talking more about pop-ups. It's that's pop-ups. sinister. That's it, it is. You got a Twitter notification or a right. GChat message, or you know, one run. You know, one obvious application is like turn-by-turn navigation right in your heads-up display, which right? they which was one of the things they showed actually, and was right. pretty cool. Like instead of seeing an arrow on a on a map of a street, the arrow would actually be like laid literally on the street corner that you're looking See, at, like they, like a painted They weren't doing that sign. stuff. That's the thing. But they, that's what that's what I imagined it would be useful for. Right, you want the fable sparkly trail yes. of where you should go. Yes. Uh, would they, that be enough of a killer app? Heads up navigation? I, yes. I, I believe so. it would. Okay. So, so just on a kind of more metaphysical level, I don't like GPS very much. I've started using a GPS for the first time ever. I've always been a map guy before. Yeah, you know, <laughs> riding both of your cars. Yeah. You guys have very, very different philosophies for GPS, I've noticed. Uh, Will, and I think Will and I share the same philosophy where the GPS, you look at a map and then you kind of figure it out in your head. Yeah, and you can optimize in your head, and it's, and you are thinking nonstop and trying to, you know, figure out the best path. Yeah, because the GPS is rarely the best path. GPS to a to a T. Well, that's I mean, unless unless I'm in a, in, a, in a specific situation where I know that I know better than the GPS. Like if I'm in a familiar area and I'm like, well, I know that this shortcut is actually better than what the GPS is trying to do. I'll override it mm-hmm. manually and just mm-hmm. go my own way and force the gps to recompute based on the new route that i'm taking but most of the time if i don't know how to get somewhere yeah i'm happy to let the gps do it for me that's the that's the whole point of having it so so the thing that's changed for me because i never bothered with that before because i i can look at the map and know what the best way to go is once they started having gps's that do traffic for for two bucks a month or something that's reasonable not 10 bucks a month 
then all of a sudden the machine has a whole set of inputs that I have no access to and have no way of knowing. Like the fact that that the TomTom app has a, an innate sense of traffic density and at the at, at not only at the time that I'm going, but also on a historical level for, for the same type of day and right. conditions gives it dramatically expanded opportunities for routing me around slowdowns. So like learning to trust the machine and to know that, oh, like when we went to Hiller Aviation a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago to meet John Collins, it said, hey, you should go down 101 to get to San Carlos. Going down 101 to get to San Carlos is traditionally a really, really spectacularly dumb idea. But at noon on Saturday, it was okay because traffic was relatively light and there was no slowdown on 101. Sure. Um, normally, I would go down 280. And yeah, we, we, I mean, in the Bay Area, the, the whole 101 or 280 split, especially going yeah. downtown, that is a critical moment where you're on 280 and you go, I can go 101 toward Bay Bridge. And it's shorter. Or 280, the long way by ballpark, yeah. both will get me downtown, but one could take an hour longer depending on time of day. See, what's right. happened with me, I think, is that I've, be- I've become dependent. Like, because I use GPS so much, Ooh. I don't develop the skills to navigate for myself. And so yeah. I remain dependent on the GPS. And, I know, like, and my, that it, is the problem. Anytime I'm driving around the city, I yeah. don't need the GPS. I know this, the city is very small. Um, it's, it, I know it well enough that I can get to the, get pretty much from any point A to, A, A to B in the city mm-hmm. without using the GPS. Anytime I have to go outside of the city, again, if it's an area I'm not familiar with, if I'm going to somewhere new, then yeah, I'll put the GPS on and I'm, I'm happy to rely on it. But again, you don't, you're, you're following just what the GPS tells you and not really learning the route yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't develop a navigational so, skill. So that's the thing is I think if I moved to a new city now and was driving and relied on <laughs> GPS exclusively to figure out how to get somewhere, like it took me a year and a half probably of driving in San Francisco to, to get a general feel for, oh, okay, this is going to be over here and I can get over here and just kind of look around and I'll figure out how to get to where I'm going. If I was moving someplace new and and just exclusively relied on GPS to get where I was going, I would never develop that, I think, at this point. Right. So, uh, but let's, let's uh, you know... Back up to the Google goggles. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm really interested to try. Like, I don't think that there's any way that any of us with no kind of – like, there's no analog for this. There's no um, – like, having this level of, det- of of constant interaction with phone and internet and notifications and messages and stuff like that, it's impossible to know how you're going to react to this without actually using it for a fairly well, – I mean, depending, you, depending on the execution. Instead of – Instead of this, holding my phone up to my face, yeah. it is just putting it down and seeing it, and with, yeah. my hand isn't tired. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the next, again, providing the, the technology can actually deliver on this, it feels like the next logical step in, and whether or not this is a good or a bad thing is up for debate, but it feels like the next logical step in our constant immersion in data. Yeah, right? well, we're if- constantly, like, we're, we constantly carry data around. In our pockets, like Norm says, all that really, all this is really doing is putting the phone right, literally right up in front of your yeah. face, where it's there all the now, time. What That's I'm true. interested in, because I know, I mean, it, assuming it does take off, and if Google puts enough money behind it, and you know, society accepts it, it will. We're gonna have this. It's the same thing that's happen with phones, where you know, where there's phone culture, and now now we're gonna have HUD culture, where people are gonna walk around. Oh, you have the latest HUD, you know, the, the eight hundred dollar model. Well, and you get X number of features, and then someone's gonna have the, the crappier one, the 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 dumb phone, the dumb HUD. I don't know. I I think we'll bypass a lot of that early stuff. Like if you look at the state of phone cameras right now, there's no reason you can't have a pretty good phone camera on a pair of glasses today. They're small. They fit into wherever you you're gonna want to. Put I them. expect tribalism with HUDs. And by the way, <laughs> Apple is very well positioned to come in with eyeglasses. 
Oh, yeah. oh, that's, think? there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, yes. no, they're moving away from that. They're totally moving away from. They were the, moving away from that. No, they, they are from what? From the eye. Really? What uh, evidence is there of that? Read recently, they took it off some name or. I mean the. the I, I think, I think Apple. The I think Apple TV outside of the Mac range, Apple TV is the only Relatively product. product. That, well, like messages and iMessages. That's true, and calendar instead of mm-hmm. iCal. Yeah. So they are like on a, on a least software, on the software side, level. It may be that the heart doesn't matter. Eyeglasses is a is kind of obvious, I think. So yeah, um, I, I, I it's called I. There you go. The the other stuff to note, you should watch the video. I, I think I think it's going to happen, I th- and I think it'll be it'll be con- again. We we are going to be walking around with these ARG heads up displays. I think. Do, it's just do we want to make? No. Uninformed the problem is, how do you interact? How do you type out? A, how do you? Is it just information coming your eggs. So it's a com- it's combination of. Uh, it looks like. From the from the concept video, it seems like it's a combination of eye tracking and um and and voice. You'd need really good voice, right? Because it's, everything's going to be. I think. Basically, I think Google Voice. If is you fine, look at where Siri fine. is now and where Google Voice yeah. stuff is now, like in in another generation, it's going to get. It's going to be good, good enough. enough. Like, yeah. It's like dictation. Like Siri is kind of shit, but dictation is really good. Is it going to be this? Situation. Is it going to be this weird thing though, where I'm like, you and I could be sitting talking to each other. And it looks like you're looking at me, but there's like a subtle clue that you're actually, you're really focused on the inside of your glasses. Like you look like you're looking at me directly ahead, but you're really just reading tweets. Well, it's going to be one of those things where you're, where you're sitting there and you're like, are you, and, and somebody like glances up into the right yeah. and you're like, did you just check your email? Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what's going to happen. No, I have a Twitch. I already think it's... No, I, I, when you lie, you always look right. away from... It won't, it won't right. have to be like furtive glances at your phone screen anymore. It'll be... You, you, the head to Twitch, right? Just, yeah. yeah you, instead of pull down to refresh, it's nods to refresh. Yeah. Nodding to refresh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can set, refresh. set up your... Right, so that's, that's the thing. It's gestures, right? Head gestures. Yeah. Or so, eye rolling. So I can be going... Oh, I'm eye going, rolling to I'm refresh. nodding and it looks like, yeah, I'm really interested <laughs> well, in what you're saying. I really agree. But all I'm doing is like constantly pulling down to refresh yeah, exactly. my tweets. <laughs> There's a whole new By world not, of... Oh, that, that's a good one. Like, nod, to not, nod, nod to oh, refresh. Yeah. I'm like, you I'm look pad- like... I'm patting it right now. There's a whole new world of terrible gestures. Like, what if you, what if you have to nod your head in RDO to like a song? Or what if you or shake, shake your head shake, to shake it? No, no, yeah. No, yeah, shake yeah. to undo. Terrible. Shake, this is yeah, shake to undo. Nod to refresh. Yeah, I like I, it. I roll for um, you know, home screen. Well, yep. I was going to say the sound stuff. I'm less worried about because a people are pretty like when you're walking around in public. Most times, especially if you're on your way to a train or something, you have the headphones on to avoid having to have human contact with strangers. Um, also, when you're talking well, about glasses that go back on your ear. That's a big problem because right with glasses, the whole idea of having a HUD is that there's pass-through. Yeah. Where if you want the information, you can have it. But if you don't want the information, you can still – it's translucent or transparent. And you can see the world with sound. That doesn't work as well because I mean, it's either well, all sound or no sound. I'm, inter- I'm interested in the safety issue of this as well because you, the whole idea of a heads-up display is actually meant to be better because you don't have to look away from the road or what's in front of you to yeah. see the information. It's just overlaid on what you're already looking at. But – I can totally imagine people stepping out into traffic because they're really not looking ahead. They're looking at the right. the, 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 just the tweets. It says cross the street. Or yeah. driving. Yeah, driving. Yeah. I don't think you're able to I drive mean, with this. Yeah. No, you don't no, say. No, you don't, yeah. Heads up, there's a reason heads-up displays don't really work yeah. in cars. Well, the, I mean, the good thing is with the kind of inputs that this type of device will have, it, the, it'll know whether you're in the car and driving, right? Yeah, and I think there would actually have to be some kind of law or something that says only driving-related information like GPS and speed and stuff is – like you can't have your tweets on while you're you in the Well, there have been numerous call. studies about what, what type of distractions are the most distracting in the car. Right. And even when you have radio or GPS – Having any type of cognitive multitasking yeah. required, yeah. paying attention to anything other than the road, 
you know, yeah. is incredibly detrimental yeah, it's to your all, driving it's, ability. Yeah, it's, a, it's bad news. So yeah, it's. I saw a guy riding the bike in the city the other day. He was riding. He had. He wasn't even. Didn't have his hands on the handlebars. He was just doing that thing. You know. You, you know. Yeah. When, when you become good at riding a bike, you can just swerve around corners Never and able stuff. To do that. And he was. And he had his. He had his iPhone or what? Black Brandon or what it was. He had a smartphone and he was. He was typing on it as he was riding his bike around a corner. I'm like, you just need to get. Oh, you know, it's worse. Even if there's no input at you, the fact that if you are being recorded, if there's a camera on you, you behave differently. You behave way differently. So if you're driving and there's a camera on you you will not drive as well as right. if no one was paying attention. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of kind of larger questions about this. Uh, first thing is the UI seems like it's completely unlike anything we've seen before. It's very kind of, or at least the concept UI is very icony and and uh, very light. Uh, you should definitely watch the video if you haven't seen it. It's on the site. It's on Google's site. It's all over the place. Um, the life logging stuff we haven't really talked about in the show before, but I think that's an interesting, like having a pair of glasses with a camera that's always recording Puts you in a interesting place. What are you looking at, Gary? I was just looking at my my headphones. Look like oh, they, it's very distracting that I can see you and also see my own reflection. Well, you're like a monkey with a mirror in the. Cage. Yeah, I'm fascinated by myself. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the implications of the life logging stuff are worth probably discussing it at, in greater depth at some point in the future. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, there's there's some real big pros, like you see the videos of the dudes who get pulled over by the police and then get the shit beaten out of them for no apparent reason. And, you know, because they had the dash cam on, then that works out well for them. Uh, on the other hand, I, there's a lot of privacy concerns that come with that, too. So there's there's no like it's not like life logging, like a lot of things is not a universal good or yeah. a universal bad. Um, but Plus, I think I think we're going to be in a position where people are doing it. yourself. You're talking about life logging for Google. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. in the business of accumulating information about you anonymously maybe right but for the purposes of selling Selling i can see there's going to be like a it's going to facilitate also a whole new level of narcissism like once people have a little camera just auto recording everything like right in the bridge of their glasses or whatever there's going to be all kinds of like 24 7 live live blog feeds jenny cam people just live streaming their entire life hot pink huds and accessories you know charms the chan for your hud the chan cam after dark Oh my god! No, I'm not talking about content. I'm talking about oh. actual physical glasses. Oh. I'm talking about yeah. charms and and accessories and. Bumpers. Are you going to go super minimalist? Or are you just going to? I mean, and then how long before you just have the camera embedded in your skull? Oh, so that's what it needs to be. It just needs to be like, a just, nose bridge just right here. I mean, the thing, a nose bridge. The key is they right have to they have to make the glasses as inconspicuous as the ones that we're all wearing now. Because you know the same stigma that people have walking around with Bluetooth headsets dangling off their ear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to apply these to apply to these glasses and as well. That never cut on. Well, but no. the the first two the thing is Bluetooth headsets aren't that useful, and they were always kind of shit. Like they never like well the, okay stopped, yes, but I they stopped, had the cool factor of Bluetooth headset back in. 2000 2001 2002 bluetooth took off 2002 the cool factor was awesome you're talking about yeah but it became became sushi very very fast and then it became limo drivers and cabbies and and drug dealers it was like the beeper the bluetooth and now just and now just everybody you know you just you know it's all there's no really kind of like demographic breakdown of bluetooth you see all kinds of people use it but 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 nobody looks good doing it the problem with the bluetooth headset though is that it is an inferior solution in almost every way than just plugging in a cable to your phone and plugging that in your ear. Like the sound quality is worse. Well, Having to have another thing to charge is a pain in the ass. Everything you're and, saying about the Bluetooth headsets applied to a HUD. Well, what I'm saying is if the HUD improves your quality of life or your your makes you better at living, then people will use it. If it doesn't, then it it's really, another Bluetooth it headset. It really needs killer apps. I only use my right. Bluetooth in the car. 
I don't feel comfortable walking around with it. I use Bluetooth. I use Bluetooth to connect to the speakerphone in the car. I don't even use a headset anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what, you know, you just whatever is hands free, but like, I don't have to feel self conscious yeah. about walking around with a Bluetooth headset. No, that's exactly. If we mind uh, this I, as I, far I, as we I, can, do you want to put eggs more? on it? Uh, no, not yet. I want to see some prototypes. I I'm really pissed that I didn't buy tickets to Google I/O again because I'm sure they're going to show nine hundred dollars. I don't care. Worth it. Sold out. Well, it sold out in twenty five minutes. Yeah. I couldn't like the site was down and I couldn't buy tickets. Wow. So I like HUDs for everyone. Yeah, we. I was there at six o'clock in the morning. Bees and HUDs was supposed to be to sign up for that shit and you couldn't get in. Um, speaking of tech tribalism, Instagram came out for Android this week and there's been a. So Instagram, if you don't know, is a kind of idiot proof photo sharing thing that's been on iOS for it's very a popular. year and a half or two years. It's now. not just very it's the most popular, by far the most popular photo sharing and photo filter app. Yeah. Um, part of the reason why some people like it and don't like it is it's one of these apps that allows you to apply, you know, what what have come to be known as these kind of hipster filters that will wash out your pictures, make them look like they were taken with an old fashioned camera. Yeah. And, and, and other and other filters and, as well. But. It is successful not just because it filters because it wasn't the first new filters. Hipstomatic was the first Hipstomatic was the first one. Was the first new filter. Well, the first popular one. But then yeah. Instagram added the social sharing aspect. Yes, and, and it was free. So yeah. Hipstomatic was a free app, but you paid for the filters. And uh, it got in the way of you taking pictures because while you could take pictures with the app, it tried to have the skeuomorphism. Like it tried to – yeah. when you ran it the app – had buttons and dumb stuff. had buttons yeah. and, and the viewfinder was shrunk down so it looked yeah. like a really small pinhole camera. Yeah. Instagram did it – took the idea and did it better. And it was just straight up filters on top of your pictures because when it was released with the iPhone 4, iPhone 4 had a decent camera but again, not great pictures. People aren't great photographers with the camera phones. Right iPhone 4 is the number one photo sharing or f- camera on Flickr. Right. On top of all DSLRs and That's just because of consumer product. Okay, it's, what, it's what everyone has. It's but also because it's has. actually a decent yep. camera. And Instagram capitalized on that and let people share it. So it had its mini social network. It was smart because there's no website. You have to use the app to look at your friend's pictures. Yep. And you keep all your pictures within that network. It had the whole like system. And it was iOS only. So I, I don't know the exact user count. It makes no money. There's no advertising, no way to buy right. filters. You can buy more filters, can't you? You cannot buy more really? filters. Yeah, so I don't actually know how they filters. make money. The, the, question mark. The, yeah. They don't. No, they don't. It's no, all no, I'm just saying right it's, it's photo sharing plus question oh, yeah. mark the, equals the, the, profit. Yeah, right. the, the gnomes are there yeah. somewhere. Underwear pants. Underpants um, gnomes. But it is popular because it, it is free, uh, and the people who love it are very, very into those filters. Like yes. they, When Instagram 2.0 came out, I think last year, there was a user revolt because the filters with the same names didn't look exactly the same. They were mm. they were worse, and then they had the yes. backpedal. It's a very and small you, team and too. you've been very anti-filter just in generally, right? I am anti-filter for the purpose of taking photos to commemorate your occasions. Right. If I think if I'm going to event, if I'm going to a WonderCon or a Bricks by the Bay, right? I am not going to take Instagram pictures of the awesome things I saw there as a way to to remember. remember but the that. good thing about Instagram is you can take a picture in the regular way and still have the original and and then and then have Instagram do a filtered version yeah. but still I, I keep don't the think, original. Version. I think people walk around these days with their phones and say, "Oh, that would that would make a really good Instagram picture." And I don't like that. So, there is something kind of <laughs> ephemeral about it, right? Because right here, they don't really yeah. get stored. I mean, they, they don't really get stored anywhere. It's, you, you, can, you can pull them off the phone. You can access them. You can view them through a, web, through a web browser, but it doesn't really... It feels very like, just again, just like, and here's a quick snapshot. You're not going to keep yeah. your memories this yeah, way. Exactly. It's, it's what you fine. There are other ways for. to do that. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm totally fine with it being used that way. 
That's kind of what it is. It is kind of like the Polaroid of yeah. Well, of, I mean, that's what uh, phone cameras well, that, kind of That's are. why they have the frames and everything. But you can get some very pleasing effects with the various filters. Yes, and that the Lux ability, which is built into the newest version of Instagram, what is the Lux? It's, it's the auto enhance, oh, you know, okay. auto contrast. I think uh, it's a really good output. And they've added tilt shift and some other stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't like fake tilt shift. Tilt shift is the new. <sighs> Hipster filter. This is the me. new high, de- high de- This is the high one that range. actually bugs me at the tilt shift. I, I hate it's the very, you can, tilt shift. You can get great effects out of it, but occasionally yeah. it just makes it look worse. I hate the artificial depth of field, the, the uh, circular tilt shift, you know, the circular blur. Um, yeah. Because the iPhone actually has decent depth of field. It has a wide, pretty wide aperture of 2.4. You don't need that if you focus properly. Right. And that the. The blur is actually pretty jarring. I mean, you have but the big people sp- using it. The, the big story this week is that is that Instagram took a very big and long-awaited leap forward by finally releasing an Android embracing version. the larger market. Yes, and, and you know, Android users because there are many, many Android many. users. They have had no Instagram. And they have alternatives, but they've like, wanted Instagram. If you search for Instagram in the Android in Google Play market for apps, whatever it's called now. Oh, one uh, of our top go. Google. I mean, one of our top traffic pages on our site was a story that Ryan wrote about Instagram alternatives for Android, yeah. and is still very highly trafficked because those people want filters. Yeah, and they want to be part and of. That they network. want sharing. Yeah. Um, so, so it came out for Android. Yeah, and, and it, I instantly got a huge like, oh, like yeah. my follow account doubled. But yes. suddenly, all these new people that have had their noses pressed up against the glass for the longest time, just because they pick one operating system over another, now we can all yeah. be together. And it, and it happened because obviously there's the Twitter and Facebook tie-in. So if you're a Twitter friend or you follow someone, you can follow them. It's you know they're all the same well, social network. And, and when you share a when you post a picture to Instagram, you can share it out to Twitter or Facebook, sure, sure. and then it takes you back to a link that says, yeah. "Hey, this was right. shot with Instagram, the awesomest right. photo sharing yeah, you should get on this app. Yeah. yeah, it's very smart. Uh, now the creators of Instagram didn't deny Android users the app be- intentionally. It was. It's a byproduct of how many resources they have. It's a very small team, right? They said they're not making money. They must be running this thing on a shoestring. Fewer than a dozen people. And their problem was that the uh, community expanded so quickly that they spent basically the first year half refining their iOS app because that's where the core users are, but also scaling, you know, buying servers and getting the whole system to support millions and millions of users. Yeah, I mean, even just doing customer service on 100 million users when somebody has a lost lost password or something like that is a terrifying amount of work. The amount of work we've had in the last two weeks doing customer service on people who've had trouble with the the tested transition, I can't, like, it terrifies me to think what you would have to do to manage 100 100 million users. They've been struggling just to keep up with the iOS base, and I'm sure they, even though they may have had an Instagram app ready for some time, you don't want to roll that out until you feel like you you, you can, can scale up and support millions it. because you're users. basically going to be doubling your yeah. potential user oh, base. Well, a million overnight. people downloaded it in the first day for Android, right. yeah. um, and so they showed out South by Southwest released uh, it uh, this on. week. Actually, I want to go back to that for a sec. Sorry. On the other hand, if you if you were Google, they should have spent money making sure that these guys could make Instagram come out on it. Yes, it would oh, be absolutely. Let us provide you with all these resources. <laughs> yes. And like, like, who cares about favoritism? This is valuable to their platform. And I'd be the same if I was Microsoft, I, even more so. Well, I'd be like, what my, do you guys need Microsoft, from us? And we'll talk about that when we get to uh, hardware this week. But uh, currently in Windows Phone, you, third-party apps cannot use the camera. Ah, that's you a very cap smart. Yeah. to the camera API. Yeah. So they're actually locking out the yeah. potential to have Instagram on. That's why service. there are no third-party camera right. apps. Like I'd be the opposite man because like, you, you need you need those killer apps, right? You need. You, I, you, here's what I would do if I was at Microsoft running Windows Phone. I'd say like, what are the twenty apps 
that everyone talks about that people expect. So it's like Netflix, Instagram, Kindle. whatever, Angry Pandora. Birds, Kindle, you know, the, the Twitter, the, the the main ones. I'd be like, do we have these? If not, what? Do, like, I go to those developers it's, now, it's, give them what they need to get those apps on this system. It's not a problem you can just throw money at. If you're a small developer, and even if you're a big developer, even if you're Pandora and you have a you know a hundred person team, but maybe a five people working on the mobile side. If, if Microsoft came to you and said, we really want Pandora on Windows Phone because it's not there and it's on Android and iOS, and here's $100,000 for you to do it, it's not like you can just take that money and immediately churn out well, a Windows app. But you but, want control of your ecosystem and your app and, and your software. But on the PC side, what happens is the, the, the hardware vendors and the software vendors who make cool technology and want it implemented in, say, games – Pays for an, a developer to go right. sit in where yeah, that's like what when I'm Rocksteady it's implemented not, physics in Batman, Nvidia had dudes that were yeah, on it's site. Not just, it's not, it's not like just about features. throwing money, but it's, it's about support and liaising with these developers right. and, and giving and, them what and, they and need to get where you need yeah, to developer be. liaisons and community managers. There are people who do that, absolutely. but it's not like the physics and and the uh, you know the. the for, uh, well, the, my, so Microsoft developed a bunch of apps for Windows Phone when they launched Windows Phone. A lot of those apps for third parties, uh, like Yelp and things like that, yeah. used APIs, publicly available APIs right. that right. they built off of. Right. Instagram probably doesn't have. An I, API, I think the last but, thing Pandora wants, though, is for them to like outsource development of a Windows Phone Seven app. They shouldn't. I guess what I'm saying is there's a happy medium between outsourcing. And just saying, hey, here's a whole shitload of money. Make this on Android in exchange it, it for this It is absolutely money. something that would help the platform. Yes. I think I we mean, can all agree on that. that yeah. That, if you have an app problem, getting better apps on your platform is the way to solve it. So anyway, I, I would sorry, just like to say, say someone uh, – sorry, go ahead. I cut off Norma ages ago. So yeah. Oh, no, no. So Instagram came out for Android. Android users are using it. They're jumping they're, on board. They're, they're, this they is are, what they're they waiting for. It. It. Now – I think they are using it not for necessarily the filters part of it. They're using it because now they can see the, the photos. It's, yeah. it's a sharing. It's a community because the app, the that ecosystem has grown to a part where it's it's sustainable. It's self sustainable. I think that if it wouldn't be such a big deal if it came out on Android a year ago. I think holding it back help Instagram whether it helped the users or not. It's debatable. I don't know about that. I, I think I, I think that launching on one platform, creating focusing on one platform and creating a success there is better than releasing on 10 platforms and it being, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, absolutely. Look, they, they scaled it out within their resources. I think that's that's fair enough. I just I just want to say, as someone who is often accused of being quite partisan in my tech, like... I've yeah, never heard that before, Gary, about I, I mean, it's nonsense, and I'm happy to disavow people of that notion. I just want to be clear about this. When, when, I, when, when it launched earlier this week, I personally was thrilled. I was yeah. very, very happy to see it come to Android because I believe very strongly in cross-app communication yeah the best apps are cross-platform they yes. work they should like i should be able to switch from ios to android yeah. to windows phone to whatever yeah. and have the same apps we shouldn't be in our own little ghettos where like here's all the ios users with their instagram and here's android over there with their version of it but we can't right. cross-pollinate yeah. if we should all be in together everything's better if it all talks yeah to now like, you know in, what? This, in the same way that if like let's say you've got a playstation i've got an xbox we can't play games together and that that sucks yeah. Um, so it's much better if we can all play together. Yeah, that would be awesome. And so I just felt like, oh, this is great. There may be many friends out there of mine who I would like to see their Instagram pictures, but I cannot because yeah. they don't have the right phone. Now those Android people, I'm interested to see their to see their pictures, uh, and also I think also interested to see what kind of pictures come in now that they're going to be taken with a much wider variety of phones, right? Because once you get into the Android world. There's a there's much wider variety and quality selection of like the kinds of phones. Well, that I know where cameras. you're going here. And I, I won't let you get to that. 
I'm just going to interject saying I think it's hilarious that some of the iPhone advocates, and I'm not taking your point, uh, they've done the side-by-side comparisons of, oh, I have a Galaxy Nexus, and I also have an iPhone 4S. Oh, and look, boring. And look, the iPhone 4S filtered version of this photo is so much better than the Galaxy Nexus filtered version because the iPhone has a better camera. That is the stupidest thing I think you could do, John Gruber, because the whole point of putting a filter on is that you're making the photo worse anyway. Well, but again, well, I, I don't just—I don't agree with that. I don't think you're necessarily making it worse. You're making it different. You're making it worse. Better, you're, you're, you're losing information. If you're yeah, no, if, you're changing the information. You're losing information when you put those filters on. Again, I think this is you, whatever. If you're using whatever the, in the end filter, whatever and, in the end creates the most pleasing effect for you that makes the picture look like the way you want it. Who cares? Like it's just a, it's just a personal taste thing. You don't have to put a filter on. I know. So what does it matter? No, no. I, I, We're I, talking I, about two different things. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, but what happened after Instagram came? Oh, out? so it was disappointing that a lot of and and it's entirely possible that the media has made more of this than is really than really needs to be made. But the point is that a lot of I there are a lot of tweets, a lot of messages from iPhone Apple zealots going, "Oh my God, like who let these people in? Now Androids, now Androids, su- sorry, uh, Instagram sucks because all these Android." Uh, trolls and subhuman people. We don't like them. We think Android users are less less than us, and they're going to drag Instagram down. And it was exactly the kind of tribalism, exactly the kind of divisive, kind of segregationist talk that I that I despise. And yeah. I think it I, I, shame on you. Well, uh, those iPhone same, and Apple snobs who somehow feel like the Android was, people don't deserve to be in the same mm-hmm. tent as you. Yeah. You 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 people are idiots. It was a lot of ignorance. Can I can I say something? Yeah, those stories are created entirely by the media to make to make to generate page views. Well, they're not like, created. I mean, yeah, they didn't make those tweets up, but no. they are seizing on something that doesn't need to be a big deal. I'm and going to, a big yeah, deal. I'm going to tell you, it is really easy. You can find somebody on Twitter or on Facebook who hates anything that you want them to hate, and because the internet is so big, you can probably find 20 people that do that mm-hmm. and make a story, manufacture a story that looks like people. There's a massive number of people saying really horrible things about whatever you want. Who the heck is Bonnie Bear? I don't know what. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or, hey, Will Smith shouldn't have slimed Justin Bieber at the Kids' Choice Awards last week. The the point is whether or not it's exaggerated or amplified by the media, these people are out there. And I think that there's assholes everywhere, though. I mean, literally, there are horrible racists everywhere. There are people who are elitist about things that are idiotic to be elitist about. And by by the way, here's what makes makes it a total non-story. You don't have to follow... Right. Anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not like suddenly your feed's gonna get jammed up with crappy Android phone pictures. And again, no. there's no reason to believe why an Android picture would be crappier than anyone else. Somebody said to me quite rightly, the photographer, it means the photographer has more of a uh, impact on the yeah. quality of the picture than the camera. Obviously. So if you don't hey, if you don't want Android people quote unquote shitting up your feed, guess guess what? Don't follow those people. You know what I do? I troll Instagram because I take photos with my mirrorless camera. And, and then, then Instagram and then, them? Well, they're on PhotoStream. Right. So and automatically you can import that, phone, apply import a filter. That. Yep. I'm, just, I'm not using it as a way to make my <laughs> iPhone camera phones, you know, pictures better. I'm using it as a way to share pictures. Yeah. Right. And so why not? Why can't I use my well, DSLR right. mirrorless camera? So one thing I would be interested in, because I'm just curious, would be now that it is available in lots of different formats, if when someone takes a picture or I go to their profile or whatever, I can see what flavor they are. Like this was taken on a, on a Nexus... This was taken on a 3GS, whatever it might be. I can see where that picture. If I'm interested in the source of that picture, you can do that on Flickr. I think probably that kind of stuff will come to Instagram. Well, at some this point, is this is where Flickr not. 
failed. Well, Fl- Flickr failed on a lot of other. That's a whole different topic. It's a massive conversation to have. It's an interesting piece of metadata, though. It's right there in the oh, yeah. in the EXIF data. Yeah. I can see what yeah. kind of camera that picture was yeah. taken on. Yeah. Um, last thing on the on the Android Insta paper Instagram. Sorry, Insta. It's a year of Insta. It's, remember, it's last year was a year of Insta. Instacast, Instagram, twenty eleven, Insta, Insta, Insta a year. Yeah. Um, the Instagram for Android. Interesting to note. I saw uh, Josh Topolsky from The Verge, who I guess has an HTC One X, the new. The latest, greatest HTC Android phone mm-hmm. until next week doesn't work with Instagram. Ah. Instagram does not support. So fragmentation still a problem. Well, well done, guys. <laughs> um, ca- I, I did a lot of reading this week about caffeine. I learned a lot about caffeine uh, and caffeine relative concentrations of caffeine, caffeine overdose, this preparation, caffeine work. sick, and yeah, we're going to so we're going to SCA in a couple of weeks, which is the. If you recall from last year, Joey and I went to Houston to the Specialty Coffee Portland. Association of America show. This year it's in Portland, which is much more awesome. Mm. Uh, Norm, do you have clothing with birds on it? Are you ready to go? I actually do have clothing with birds on it, but they're all old. Okay, not old enough to be vintage. Just oh, old. just just yeah, they're in the they're in the aging period. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go to Specialty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have I have shirts that I wear for like six months, and then I put in a barrel and bury yeah. it. And then it has to be aged twenty years, yeah, exactly. to be vintage, so that I could bring it out again and and then wear them. Yeah, fifty year old Norm will be ready to go. Yeah. Um. So we're going to SCAA. Uh, Norm, let's talk about this for a sec because this is I think this is interesting. And, and you normally drink coffee with cream and sugar in it. I drink it with uh, or cream, cream and Splenda. Cream and Splenda, correct. As do I. Right. One actually, the- I, I I use um, stevia. Oh, same difference. No, Sweet, it's totally different sweetener product. is what yeah. I'm saying. In in yes, it is a completely different chemical for all intents and purposes. Sweetener is sweetener. Stevia is not a chemical, it's a plant. <laughs> Still a chemical in the plant that makes it taste sweet to you. The upshot though is that the big culture shock moment for me when I went to SCA last year and and basically if you've never been to a coffee show uh, it, it's an amazing, miraculous journey into coffee discovery because everywhere you go, people hand you cups of coffee. And they're like, hey, "How do you, you should I, try this? You should try this." I, and I know this, you had this issue this. last year. How do you get out of there without basically, you know, be, being taken out on a stretcher? You, it's, there's a limited number of meetings you can take, and you learn to just taste. You ask for samplers rather than full cups. How do you palate cleanse? Um, it's lemons and crackers and water, soda water. Sometimes. I mean, can you not do it like a like an enophile and yeah, you spit could, it you into can, a bucket? You can spit if you want, but I mean, I feel like that's wasteful. And carry a water bottle. Um, you could do that. Okay. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: it's a small show by by like by CES standards, or even like. It's it's like a bricks by the bay side. It's bigger than bricks by the bay, but not much. But you did so get you have, a bit of a you did get kind of jacked up last yeah, the, year, didn't you? The first day I overdid it because I I went in and it's like it's like when the kid goes to the candy store that his dad's friend owns. He's like, oh, have whatever you want. It's all free, right? And the kid goes fucking completely bonkers, and then you have the you have a, a super hyper yeah. kid that crashes yeah. real hard. Yeah, I uh, I did that last year on the first day. And literally, Joey and I got back at the so so. You walk in, the first thing you see is this thing from Coffee Commons, and they're standing there, and they're making. There's like four espresso machines, and there's the best baristas in the country making coffee and letting you try whatever you want. And they'll say, "Okay, here's a Rwandan, here's a Colombian. Try these next to each other and see what you think." So you shot of espresso, shot of espresso, macchiato, macchiato, and next thing you know, you've had like 14 cups of coffee. Yeah, and when you've had too much coffee, it's not a pleasant experience. No, well, it's you, bad. You see the world with the clarity. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, no, not, it's, it's not, not like clarity. Fry. It's it's um. 
It's just it's, 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 it's yeah. It's like it's like a, it's I'm like the a, only one here who's had. It is kind of like feeling really highly strong. Black blood of the earth. I've had black blood of the earth. Thank yeah, you. we did it at October. We cast. all had it at October cast. We all have it. I yeah, didn't see, have it. I've had two small. vials. You yeah. couldn't handle your shit, which is why you don't remember the rest of us. Having I don't it. remember half right. that day. Um, so so yeah, you, you learn to pace yourself very quickly. Okay. Um, you drink beverages. You drink uh, like froth milk beverages, espresso beverages. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of fat and other stuff. You make sure you, you don't skip lunch at SCA. Oh, yeah, and eat, pro- bad eat protein. Idea. The first time I had a really bad, too much caffeine trip, my a friend of mine at the time who was a big coffee drinker said, "Eat some protein, yeah. and it'll somehow bring you down." And I did. I ate like two cans of tuna fish, and I was fine like half an hour later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> two, two cans of tuna carry, fish. Holy shit, dude! <laughs> carry it. Carry you know the little the little kind of you know chicken of the sea. I'll ones. carry one of those pouches with me. So just bring it. Just oh bring around God. like some chicken legs or um, some roast beef or <laughs> a protein bar. And if you feel yourself getting like too much caffeine, that'll that'll fix just you right up. We have a hard boiled egg out of the backpack. Um, so so we're gonna go a couple weeks. Uh, Norm, are you prepared to go someplace where you cannot put cream and sugar in your coffee? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You gonna be able to do this? Sure. I would. I, I would. Just, just, I would just bring around a little flask of of half and half. And, you would, you would, <laughs> if you want to be shunned, that is a good way to do it. They'll, they'll put it in so all of these. So none, of, none of the people at this coffee convention believe in well, here's cream the thing. Or sugar. No, 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 no. The point of the point of the whole thing is, if you're buying coffee at at, at Target, yeah, for six dollars a pound, yeah, it doesn't matter because you're not going to take you like you you have no no taste differences. What what the cream and sugar do is even out the flavor, so you get something that tastes like coffee but doesn't have depth or complexity, right? Putting putting cream and sugar in a in a nice single origin specialty roast coffee right. is the equivalent of putting ice cubes in your in your. But, wine. but it's like whatever. But whatever. this is not a convention about different coffee types. It's about coffee technique. No, here here's equipment. SCA is about is uh, is the is the coffee convention. So it's everything. It has everything from like high end seven thousand dollar home espresso machines. Yeah, to, like in Green Hornet. To uh, not I, maybe not I, that specialized, I, 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 but. All the way down to like uh, to like uh, commercial stuff, like commercial espresso machines are there. Commercial brewing pour over Hario will be there. Um, is, all the way down n- to like espresso there. Nespresso will wow. probably be there. They is that have like a really sad corner where people is that like the well? There's it's two shows. So there's like there's a gas station coffee like those people are there the people that make the 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 banana chocolate right. whatever non, that non, horrible thing non elitist yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be hanging around there cup of joe the coffee. syrup so I want to hang out the syrup right. people are like there da- down, down to the grinders there are dudes that, like there will be five or six people that make machines that basically will bag coffee for you that like weigh it's and everything bag to and do seal with the coffee. coffee everything to do yeah. with coffee and then there's this whole other part that's the contests so there's yes. like the there's uh, Brista Championship, where they make espresso beverages. There's the Brewers Cup, where they do things like the cone and the and the pour over right. and the French press and that kind of stuff. There's roasters, roasters of excellence. There's a uh, cupping. The cupping contest is the craziest thing. Cupping contest is where they put. I, don't I think like the sound that. Uh, well, it's not. It's not that kind of cupping. It's it's to taste. It's what uh, it's what roasters and buyers do when they're figuring out whether they want to buy coffee or not, basically, and what they how they want to blend it and what they want to make. So for cupping contest, what they do is they put out I think ten sets of three cups of coffee. In each set, two is the set, two are the same and one is different, and they have to pick out the one that's different in each uh, each of the three cups. How do how do coffee, um, by, just by tasting? How do small coffee shops shop for their coffee? Like how do, how do buyers 
buy uh, so, coffee like start like a start let's say like a chain like if you know you, well starbucks has people that go to to costa rica and colombia and all the places that you grow coffee and they buy stuff there's auctions i think is the way that works i don't okay. know i don't know exactly how this works we should we should um we should get mark prince on sometime and talk to him about this he, yeah, i want to know how the, what the auctions are like you know if in there's a warehouse in colombia where the guy the rep from starbucks bids on like the year supply of a certain yeah. type of coffee. So there's so there's there's a bunch of different places you can buy coffee. You can buy it when it's green from the from the farm. You can establish a relationship with the farm and just buy their entire crop. Um, you can buy it in, in green bean form mm. at the auctions. Green beans. I have some in the other room if you want to see what they. Yeah, I mean, like. like when you're dealing like the, like the Starbucks or like the level of a company like Folgers or yeah. whatever. Like they, I mean, they they have they, they've got like you know massive supply chain type operations. Yeah, right? they, they, they own those the like entire farms. Yeah, yeah. they they like. Uh, Nestle, Nestle buys most of the product of Vietnam. Vietnam is my understanding. Right, like they're, they're, the deal, they're dealing in serious volume, like and then you've got like the little yeah. gourmet roaster type places that are probably just going off and dealing with like individual suppliers. Yeah. So, like the ritual, the thing that Ritual does is, I think I, I'm not entirely certain, but I think that they go to like the actual farmers and make relationships with them and buy certain crops and stuff okay. like that. Um, there's a lot to it. There's whole workshops on that stuff. There's all sorts of like classes and workshops where if you want to learn how to go be a ro- roaster, or if you want to learn how to um, uh, uh, well, I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's a fun show. There's a lot to learn. Uh, I'm excited about that. So, not really as preparation, but because it's about coffee. And I've decided beverages. I'm going to start drinking Hawaiian coffee. Really? <laughs> yeah, because it's the only coffee made in America. Because as you pointed out, it's the only coffee made in America. Yeah, you can't. They, they you can't. You can't so you roast coffee. American. You can't make. You can't grow Bro. coffee beans. Here in the continental United mm-hmm. States, well, the solution Hawaii is the only corner of America in which it's done. So that way, I feel like I could, you know, support American businesses and annex another country, another another territory. So yeah, the only way we can do it. You're saying buy Colombia. That way, we get the coke and the coffee all at once. Yeah, um, they're in our pockets anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not so bad. So uh, I I read a lot about caffeine. Uh, and caffeine toxicity and overdose and all that stuff. Because there was a story a couple weeks ago about a girl in England who worked in a coffee shop and had, I think, 14 espresso shots over the course of a day and then had to be hospitalized because she kind of zonked out and had problems. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a real drug. Caffeine? Yeah. Don't OD on caffeine. Did you it's not bad. see the Save by, Save by the Bell episode? Was that caffeine? I'm so excited. Speed, I'm so scared. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't caffeine. It was um, uh, no dose. Yeah, she was like on diet pills or something. No, it was like, caffeine pills to stay awake. Chessie. Yeah, she it had was, to study. Yeah, she had tiger. Mom. It, was, it was a it was a message episode. Yeah. It was a very special episode Most. saved by the bell. Um, it was Elizabeth Berkeley's finest performance, I think. Also, although maybe maybe uh, the whole nine or the Al Pacino football movie was better. Uh, anyway. I learned a lot about caffeine toxicity. Basically, you have to have about two grams of caffeine. Well, it's it's um, I think it's 150 milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight. So uh, that means for somebody my size, somebody who weighs about 100 kilograms, 220 pounds, I would have to drink uh, something like six gallons of coffee or five gallons of black coffee. Uh, part of the thing that came out of this whole research I did was that uh, the the caffeine concentrations are not at all what I expected in normal beverages. So like a cup of black coffee can range anywhere from 100 milligrams of caffeine to 200 milligrams of caffeine, um, which is a lot. Like that's a that's a wide range. It has to do with the beans, the roast, the species of beans, how they're prepared, all that, how it's brewed, how long it steeps, all that kind of stuff to see how much extracts. The interesting thing I learned is that soft drinks are really low in caffeine typically. Yes, yes they are. Far so less than a cup like of coffee. A Mountain Dew. A Mountain Dew, which is the the – 
in the nationally marketed, widely available soda beverage has what is, I believe, the the legal maximum, which is I think seventy five milligrams per twelve ounces of soda, mm-hmm. um, and it's like seventy, it's like seventy five milligrams of it's caffeine. Nothing. It's nothing. Um, an espresso shot can range pretty wildly too, uh, but it had a higher concentration than soda or brewed coffee. Because mm-hmm. the thing that's interesting, the thing that gets dangerous about caffeine is is not really the amount you can drink because like coffee you can't drink enough to get to kill yourself basically like your stomach doesn't hold enough yeah it's a liter um, it's yeah your stomach holds a liter more or less and and you can't drink enough in the the time period you need to 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 you could do damage you can make yourself really sick but it's hard to kill yourself i was interested because things like 5 hour energy have much more have about the equivalent of a cup of coffee in a much much smaller uh, uh volume. volume yeah so but still, you'd have to drink, I think, five liters of five-hour energy to reach – or I would – to reach right. my toxicity point. For the median. Median. For your like way. there's a whole bunch of other math. Yeah, well, before you would actually like – would be chemically poisoned. But you would yeah. you would be in a in a very bad place emotionally long before that. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Would, it would yeah. be – like you'd have to goose funnel. You'd have to have the the funnel and, mm. and it would have so, to be so like some sort of sauce So what you're saying is you didn't situation. test this. I did, we did not test this. No. I'd have to chain, chain you to a radiator like Sam Jackson. <laughs> right. And you, you, you ain't right yet. And you, you, <laughs> <laughs> Did you just black snake moan? <laughs> yeah, I just black snake moaned Will. Wow. Wow. My forehead's not that high, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't have that high a forehead. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, so that was – I thought that was interesting. The caffeine toxicity stuff, the relative concentrations were more interesting, I think, than the toxicity. Um, if you want to stay awake, then don't drink soda. That's the lesson. Uh, and energy energy drinks like Mountain Bull Mount, – uh, Red Mountain Bull. Mountain Bull. Red Bull, um, Monster, most of those have about the same concentration, same amount of caffeine per serving. Yeah. Uh, the thing that changes is the is the volume of the serving. So like a Red Bull serving is 8.4 ounces. A Monster serving is actually the, about the same, about 8 ounces. And, and you know, um, those, there's just two of them in a can. Right. So the novelty stuff like the caffeinated soap and stuff like that, nothing. Uh, well, it depends. The caffeine pills, like no dose, are well, each pill you, is equivalent swallow, to a cup of coffee, basically. Soap, which you rub on your body with mm, caffeine. The kid, soap does nothing. The nothing. But the mints, the mints, like the mints, yeah. varied wild, wildly. I didn't get into that because there there's too many of them. None of them are really very common. Talking about like truck stop um, coffee, I've noticed that when you do, oftentimes when I drive on the uh, freeway, you stop at like the 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 big, you know, truck stop travelers yeah. waypoint. And they have the huge selection of stuff and they have the big coffee machines and they have a lot of energy shots and drinks because that's obviously truck drivers are interested in staying away. Yeah, crosses. That they do one of the one of the coffee options you often see in the big machine is the double caffeinated mega jolt type coffee. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I tend to stay away from. The be a man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you remember Jolt Cola when that was a thing? Yeah, Jolt yeah. Caffeine was in that. Jolt Cola had one milligram more than the legal oh. limit. Right. So I, it was illegal. Wow. Breaking the law. But still not as much as a, a uh, real cup of coffee, a normal uh, a, a, or a single espresso. Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it was a very interesting. I'd never really looked at that before. Why do they even put caffeine in soda? Is it because they want you to get like an energy, like feel like it makes feel yeah. like you? It's, like, it's there's carbs, no taste so benefit have, or anything, right? No, it's it's totally the illusion. I mean, so you have energy. So the question I have is, you know, in the at the turn of the last century, Coke had coke, or maybe in the late 1800s, probably Coke, uh, coke had cocaine in it. Yes. To give you that kind of pep up feeling. Right. Um, my question is if 150 years from now, 
they'll be looking back and say, oh, man, I can't believe they when people are mainlining caffeine. I can't believe you used to just be able to buy well, this in soda. Or, or, ju- or, or just simply the fact that there's 40 grams of sugar in one of those cans. I mean, that's right. ridiculous. Ah. Right. Well, that's a whole other, whole other topic. Don't um, drink soda, kids. Yeah, don't, the, don't the, drink soda. The, the, don't, drink, don't drink juice either. Yeah, don't drink fruit juice. It's bad for you. Yes. That's all. <laughs> Just a little PSA moment there. Um, I want to go back to uh, SCAA. So we will be in Portland. The plan is for us to be in Portland when that happens. It's going to be in about two weeks or so. But we're also looking for other things to do in so Portland. I found some stuff. When we're there. I've done some looking. Okay. The Reed Reactor, the Reed College uh, Nuclear Engineering Department has a working student-run reactor. So I'm going to reach out to those guys and see if we can go can visit that. Can we throw that. a wrench in it? No, I don't think we want to do that. I think that's unwise. Okay. Um, I think well, it's like a, breeder, a real energy generating reactor. I think it's a breeder reactor. So I think it's something you use to to turn one thing into another thing. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I haven't looked into it that deeply. But I think Reed College is also where Steve Jobs went. So uh, went to school when mm. he went to school. So we are looking for things to do in Portland that yeah. may be interesting. If you know interesting people or know ground uh, control, also is important. I've been to ground control. Is it cool? It is okay. Is it worth shooting a it's, video there? There's a lot of PBR and DDR. Uh, PBR, no, actually, right. only one DDR machine in the corner. And a lot of PBR. I'd be interested like in doing. A, I'd, I'd be interested in doing like the Portland. Somebody should set this up. Like do the Portlandia sure, tour. I'd, wa- I'd want to go and see or go to all the most hipster crazy places. Can be a scavenger hunt. Probably Kyle can McLaughlin do, runs that. We can do a scavenger hunt and uh, see if we can, the, the checklist of the only thing I don't want to do is the is, is wait in line three hours for brunch. Because that is not good. But, I, but I, you want to go by and take a picture. I don't of need to go to Portland line. for that experience. <laughs> yeah, I've got that right here on yeah. my doorstep. Uh, Norm, you did some looking into the caveman and fire situation. There was some new research that came out this week uh, yes, as well. Yes, new research and also some insight from a reader of ours. Yeah. Um, so a popular topic of discussion on this podcast so, is... One of our first science talk topics, yeah, really. Is when did cavemen um, figure out that cooked meat, putting food in fire was better Burning than... Burning food is better than eating than it eating, raw. So yeah, you're, you're saying raw. you're looking for Prometheus. Yes. Okay. That, that was the title of the story. Uh, the, well, the discovery from this week wasn't directly tied to that, but it did uh, bring to light that cavemen or Homo erectus, probably, hominid. <laughs> Filthy. He said erectus. Thank you. Got to get out of the way. And Homo. Yeah. All week. <laughs> <laughs> Had Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Had access oh. to fire in their caves much earlier than uh, initially believed. And I think there was a cave in South Africa where um, they dug into the sediments of the cave and found traces of ash and bone um, in a place where wildfires could not naturally have reached. So, and this but is about how do they know that somebody didn't firebomb the cave? Because they carbon dated it and like a, no, I'm saying a caveman. Oh no, I'm not saying they had access. You to took fire. a wife. They, well, that's that. Oomph. It wasn't proof that they actually used that to cook the turtles. Um, they could have eaten the turtles raw and then thrown the bones in the fire for some reason. Yeah, but, throwing bones in a fire is fun. Yeah, but they had access to fire about 1.4 million years ago. Um, and previously... Um, like 800,000 was the was previous like four, record, four right? 400, 800,000 when they, they found those hearths with the, in, you know, in, in their caves. Uh, they found the what? The, 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 the stove things. The hearths? Hearths, that's what they're called. I don't know. Hearths. Hearths. They always called them hearths. Yeah, so I think that's I how you that's pronounce right. it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but, the but they could have been thing, using that just for like, I feel like when they first figured out fire, right? Like again, like there were lightning strikes and natural yeah. fires, they would have discovered fire before they even figured out how to make it. Right. The, the immediate benefits of fire, I think, present themselves as warmth, warmth. And, 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 and as a and light yeah. and as a weapon. 
Right, you could make a torch yeah. with it and like poke someone with right. it, and they would make them <laughs> or run just away. probably probably if no, if they don't like, it looks like it some horrible magic. Damage. It's the it's the Arthur Clark thing. Right, like if but you again, don't know what fire is, and somebody else starts waving something that right, burns that's magical, and has that's, light. Yeah. I mean, right, things that is in the sky. So it has all these benefits. It does feel it does seem like magic. It's all very yeah. benefit beneficial. The question is, at what point and how do its transformative right. powers over food become apparent? So. uh probably less i mean the use of fire for food and for warmth probably predated the ability to create fire by a long shot so access cavemen probably went to wildfires naturally occurring wildfires and huddled around there right or took those fires back to the cave took a smoldering brand and figured out you know but the uh, cook food uh was probably done accident so scientists of you know archaeologists and 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 anthropologists have uh assumed that uh, the cooked food wasn't done in the caves. They saw wildfires, put food in the fires, ate it there, and then went back to their caves. Well, and, and part of the thing that I, I, I'm going back and looking to but see... But again, what at what point did they even was. figure out, hey, look, maybe we should put the food in the fire? At, that at what point question is very unlikely to be answered. Yeah. But we're, we're still waiting. Um, the other insight that a reader uh, sent us email, I think, uh, I forget his name, but I'm he's... I'm going uh, back to look right now. There's a great. There's an old movie called Quest for Fire, which is all about this. It's about cavemen. In, in um, Daniel Connor, who's okay. an archaeologist in the UK, uh, basically said that the reason one of the the reason this happened in a lot. Like, I'm going to grossly oversimplify his email, okay. but it's posted in the Prometheus story as well. Uh, and he basically said uh, that they think that animals that people preferred body temperature meat because they were used to like killing something and then just gnawing right off the carcass. Right. Yeah. So yeah. The, it's still, still warm from its own life. Exactly. Right. So the theory, one of the theories, cause there's many was that the initial cognitive leap of, uh, Hey, fire is warm. We like meat warm. Let's put meat next to fire, make fire, make meat back to, to the tasty room temperature. Nice. Of the, uh, t- uh, body temperature instead of room temperature mm. was the, was the initial, like that was the jumping off point right. for yeah. burn meat tastes better than, than, than raw meat right because we did the other thing that a guy pointed out i think is that we did obviously eat raw meat for many many years and in fact we still can except you know we're really more conditioned now to to eat cooked meat so that raw meat it doesn't but like i i enjoy a nice uh, steak tartare well yeah the thing is if the if the meat is fresh like it's freshly slaughtered and assuming there's no parasites or something of course right then there's no there's no digestive harm to eating raw raw beef or raw pork right aside from the the potential parasite right. problems. But us eating cooked meat also helped the development of our teeth and our, our bodies. And we were, I mean, our stomachs didn't have to process the raw meat. Well, and it let us store food longer too. Yes. So it means that you can kill something on Tuesday and eat it on Thursday instead of, of kill something on Tuesday and then have to kill something else on yes. Thursday. So you suddenly have a lot more time it, it was to, a big to do other things like, you know, play Xbox. Yes. Still maintain Xbox that if we, one, if we right? had the, it would have been caveman, yeah, caveman. <laughs> yeah. If we, if we had time machines, we would go back to, back then. If we had take if we had time machines, what we would do is first go back to see when they first developed fire, and then we'd send an ad agency back with an iPad of, of the things, and record the caveman right, using uh, the iPad. Of the things that Let's we, be honest. we we should have lists of, including you know your enemies list, and yeah, we should have a list of the exact times that we would go back if we had time machine. Well, I read a, I the, so the I twenty. Just, I finished a Stephen spots. King book about this. I, I have that on my iPad. I oh, bought it's, it. It's it's uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I I'm real up and down on Stephen King, um, because I don't really like the horror and the macabre and all that stuff. But I really like like the the weird science fiction stuff that he does. It's sometimes. speculative. It's it's like 
It's yeah. I mean, the the premise is is something I hadn't seen in a time travel story before, though. Which is what? Really? Yeah. So the setup the setup is there's a hole in the universe that goes back to like 1958. When you use it, you make changes. You come back to the present. Things the effects you see the effects. Mm-hmm. But when you go and use it again, all the changes you made disappear because it's the same and it resets. You, right. you, it's so a one way. Always create. You're always jumping back to new timelines. Yeah. So you, every time you go. Like if you if you want to make the same changes, you have to do the same things over yeah. again. If you want okay. to save somebody, so the upshot is the guy goes back in time it's to Groundhog try to save Day. Kennedy. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day. He goes back in time to try to save Kennedy, and the whole story is about that. It's quite good. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. Highly All recommend. Right. Okay, um, it's Butterfly Effect. It is Butterfly Effect. Yeah, it's, it, but it, you know, it's it's he, he writes reasonably compelling <laughs> characters as a general rule. So um, yeah, so uh, twelve. What is it? 1122, That's not taught in UC schools. You know that? Really? <laughs> Did you not hear about this? I don't want to get into politics talk. But uh, fake outtakes. A, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that. Um, the, we talked about the Dyson Sphere, dismantling Mercury to build a Dyson Sphere a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, so and this there is has another, been controversy. Yes, yeah, so this is another popular topic. We Another classic science talk uh, segment where we love this idea Brought of to you a, by Dyson, relics. a Dyson sphere, right? Yeah. Uh, which, Why are we talking about this again? Uh, because there's recent controversy about how we'd actually, I mean, people are trying to, to propose a Dyson sphere saying it's, it's much closer to reality than, than previously thought. Cause it's something yeah. that we couldn't even fathom before the idea that you can have um, a cloud, a swarm of solar collectors around the sun. Yeah. So you harness Basically, a billion times as much uh, energy. Yeah, I like that idea. As lands on the Earth right now, and 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 we don't even use all that energy. We don't use a fraction of it. Yeah, I mean, the surface area of the Earth, the Sun hits fifty percent of that Mm -hmm. at At any any given moment, and we collect a small fraction of that. Yeah, uh, either we should be we should be getting well. There's passive, like there's heating of the atmosphere and keeping the oceans warm and all that. Like we're not a big ball of ice. Yes, but. But we don't we don't utilize that yes. energy. But if we were to surround the sun with not a solid sphere, but yes. a swarm, a spherical swarm, yes, we need a solar pipeline from yes. the sun. How back could to the we Earth. do that? Right? Yes, I want to solve one. That problem. You would need a lot of materials mm-hmm. to do that because we're talking about mass mass array of solar. So hold on, we talked about this before. So dude, prese- dude proposed von Neumann machines, which are self self replicating machines, yep. dismantling mercury, yeah. and building a series so of solar saying collectors. That, okay, all you can do is one. Create a machine that can self-replicate. Not, I mean, that's within our. No, our we've future. never done that. We can't I mean, do that. We can imagine it. It's and like it's like nanotechnology. It's a it's a future. Concept. Robots that build robots is something that if we spent fifty years developing, we could have it. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of robots that build themselves are a completely different thing than robots that build other robots. Robots, sure. a robot that harvests material in a raw form, processes it into something that can be turned into a robot, and yeah. then poops out a robot is a complex thing that is beyond, well beyond our current technology. Sure, sure. agree. Now, the th- the hack that the guy at, in Oxford had was that he said the von Neumann machine should be a kind of thought construct, not an actual machine, but a people that replicate people, you know, the old fashioned way, boom chicka wow wow, and then use their hands and brains and stuff like that to break apart Mercury and build more little spaceships that they can go out and use to build the solar collectors. That was what he described as a von Neumann <laughs> machine. It was like a using so sending sending a cast of people yeah to be, uh, to be the robot slave builders. race basically okay. yeah all right and be, because brains are cheap he said it wouldn't he, he he just to be clear he didn't advocate you know 
using people for this. He said that this was the way we could do it using today's technology. It would require significant commitment on humanity's part. But the idea is that if we disassembled the entire planet of Mercury over time, using even, you know, using 50% of that, the planet's mass, we could build a swarm of solar collectors to, to create a Dyson sphere. Yes. Oh, I see. So you mine the materials to build this stuff out and so you have to ship all the materials out So you ship maybe a small fleet initially of robots to Mercury. Right. Start get the mining get started. Get it started. Build with a few solar collectors to start. And then, you know, you have one solar collector to start. The energy from that takes a long time to accumulate because solar collectors are very yeah. inefficient. Maybe at most one-third efficient, right? Two-thirds of energy collected is waste. Somehow wirelessly transmit that back to Mercury. The robots of Mercury build more robots. Then those robots build solar collectors. And over time, it escalates and you get this uh, And then they all come back speed. and invade. Yeah. Which they, yes. with, with super-powered the, ray guns. That's the real concern, is a, is a self-replicating robot army with infinite energy supplies. I don't feel good about that. Yeah, I don't feel good about that at we all. keep a switch. It'll be cool. Yeah. The math you just, just doesn't add up because of the inefficiencies of solar collectors, solar, solar panels. That's changing. Changing. Wireless tra- energy transmission. Microwaves. Microwaves work. or lasers are... The bad thing about microwave microwave laser transmission is that the robots don't even have to come back to wipe us out at that they point. Just they just shoot the energy. They just aim the beam at whatever <laughs> yeah, they exactly. want to blast. Yeah, right. It's like a big magnifying right. glass aimed at Earth. Right. That's right. I don't like the sound right. of that We're the either. ants. Yeah. P.S. Uh, but if this were to happen, I mean, I think we'll eventually need that energy once we reach, you know, I think, I think, level. I think, uh, you know, solar is going to be the, the, the ultimate key to yeah. long-term energy on Earth. And I think it's, it's going to be you know, it's not going to be blanketing the world. Guys, I don't want to alarm you. It's coal, man. But coal not, is the future. It's, it's, Dig it's, deeper, guys. It's not going to be bootstrapping. Drill, baby, drill. Well, all Burn those ferns. All the energy is from it's the my sun. my new slogan for much. the coal industry. Burn In one way ferns. or another. It's not going to be bootstrapping Dyson Sphere um, technology to power the, the growth of the future. We're going to be there, and then we're going to have that technology, and then get the Dyson Sphere. Yeah. I mean, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. So yeah, Dyson Sphere controversy. Uh, th- this is uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. There's been a draw something controversy, Gary. You you have after after waxing rhapsodic about the fun of draw something over the last two weeks. Yeah, we, you've been completely expunged we, it from your life. We've been talking about almost nothing else because it's been a lot of fun. Um, but it had becoming it had been been becoming less fun. Maybe and, and I've heard this from many other people as well. Maybe because you know a few of us in our excitement started up too many games. And it actually started to become a bit of a chore. It Turning is. on your iPad and it was like, oh, you've got eight drawings you've got to do for people. That's why for those kind of games, you've you got to disable notifications. Right. And the re- in your own time. And the real problem is because of the slightly limited vocabulary, you, you often find yourself drawing the same thing over and over and it gets, right. it gets boring. Right. Um, but the other thing that happened was, as I'm sure many people may have seen, there were a couple of things that the CEO of the company um, who recently sold to Zynga uh, had done that I just found kind of distasteful and just didn't make me feel good about the people that made this game. Um, and so, you know, I decided who needs it? I was getting bored of it anyway. I'm, I'm going to delete yeah. it. I don't want to. So you're saying it wasn't. I, I just chose not to support the game. It anymore. wasn't really a sacrifice for you then to, to expunge this from your life. I had, you know, I had the luxury of, of making a, making a moral stance because I was, like I said, I was kind of looking for a reason to dump the game anyway. Because I was like, uh, I really car wash again. I have to draw another car wash. 
So, so you, when you draw, Graph. when you have to draw a car wash the third time, like the first time I did car wash, I, I made the little building with the spinners. That's what I. And did. then the next time I did a sexy car wash with like a bunch of people in bikinis outside nice. washing cars. So you can have nice. the narrative class it up the, a lot. The, yeah. the, the meta. I was trying to figure out that when I have to draw a word for like the third or fourth time, do I do I just keep doing the same drawing and like perfecting that one version, or should I try and have a different approach every time? But like, I feel like that's not a creative that's a bad game problem that's yeah. interesting yeah. yeah they need they they desperately need to expand the i think you need the to dictionary. be rewarded i mean so much of the game is already based on uh just the honor system yeah and having you know you trust mean not writing monopoly yeah i i think there should be a rating system to share interesting drawings and not just the final drawing yeah. but interesting process of drawing so if you drew a super elaborate picture but your you know the word is a hat that's really cool, and I want to be able to share that animation with people that are not just two people played that game. We should make a game, and then people can vote on that, and you get extra points based on that. We should call it "Draw Anything." Yeah. So I mean, look, you know, there's there are certain things in life. You know, you try you try to be a good citizen of the, of the earth and and abide by moral principles and not support people or companies that you that you don't yeah. like their behavior. Like, I would never stay in a Donald Trump hotel or endorse any of his products or in any way feel like I'm contributing to his success because I think he's an odious, um, yeah, but you buy awful, Apple stuff. awful individual. Yeah, what about it? Well, the manufacturing concerns. I mean, well, well I, I, we've had we've had that, that problem before. And again, if if you're going to make that stand, then you may as, then you have to be prepared to say I'm never going to buy another product manufactured in China. It's it's why Gary drinks okay. wine coffee. Okay, fair and, it's, and it is, and it is, and it's why it's why I choose to drive an American car. It's why I choose to wear American-made uh, sneakers uh, wherever possible. Well, these are German, um, but you know, I bet like going <laughs> better I, than China. I guess going forward, I so I buy like New racist. Balance and things that are, that are made in America, and I like to I like to try and do that and not support bad things whenever possible. And the draw something thing is just one very small corner of that equation. There's okay. too many games out there to play that I feel like I should play yeah. the ones that I, I, I don't like. It, it was just something. I mean, obviously he had his reasons for lashing out on Twitter. But if you just sold your company for $180 million, and as much as you want to give props to your team and the people who put effort in that, because they, as OMG Pop, yeah. they spent a year making games that weren't successful until this was a smash hit. Man, a whole year? Well, they spent, a, you know, yes. It, it wasn't that long compared to other developers who've spent like many, the story many of years. Modest Mouse. Exactly. Um, there are better ways. There are more tactful ways to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're tra- trashing Path, trashing your former employees on Twitter publicly and calling them weak and we're better off without him, whatever. And obviously that was the big backlash and that's why I had to apologize. He actually had lost me before that though. This thing, like a week earlier, saying yeah. games can be socially relevant. We've added the word hoodie to our dictionary please share this. oh that's terrible now that is and this is in the midst of the trayvon so martin bad. uh controversy which is a very serious story in the news and um you know that's e- that's either just spectacularly spectacularly crass and misjudged or an attempt to just kind of piggyback onto a big media story like trying to get your game out there yep. um and either way i just thought it was it was atrocious and i have no interest in supporting that that kind of company moving on yeah, US the 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 latest US Lego Master Master Builder Master Builder Master Builder Lego Master has been named Model Builder Model Builder Master Mo- Model Mo- builder. No Model Builder Master Builder is the ones that design the kits Model Builders work as as ambassadors Master Model Builder I think No just Master Builder Master that's what the builder? story said Yeah it okay. was one or the other I couldn't remember Oh sorry Master Builders are in Denmark Model Builders are in the United States I think he's This is master, what your story said Master Model Builder is the full title. Okay. It's, anyway. It's, it's an official title, which is why we're making a big 
He's been awesome named. Bro. It's not like you can walk down the street and say, "I've, I've, you know, I've paid two thousand dollars for the UCS Millennium Falcon. Uh, I'm a master model builder." Um, He's named after an American president, Andrew Johnson. Okay. Uh, he's 23 years old. He's that is incredibly young. Visual arts student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, well, actually, there's a whole bunch of, inter- Gladstone shared something with us this morning on Twitter that I watched a little bit of and then had to get ready for the podcast. Uh, but it showed the process for becoming a Lego master. Yes, a slot has to open up. The position has to open up. So you have to kill somebody. Well, retire someone, is what I like to say. Wow. He has to be, someone has to be retired. You, Chan. And then uh, Blade the, the hunt begins. The search begins for the next... Lego so it's like it's like the Dalai Lama of Lego, or the Pope, or the Pope. Guess, right? Did they have white smoke come out of the chimney? <laughs> we 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 have a Lego. There's like a little cloud of Lego smoke. We, we have a builder. Um, and the people in the U.S. they they're like secondary to the master model builders in Denmark because they don't actually get to design the kits. When you watch those no. videos, yeah, those are all Danes. It's all Danes. Um, the ones in the U.S. are half ambassadors, but they also construct the sets that go to Disneyland and the Lego stores. You are right. right. It is Lego Master Model Builder. Yes, Lego ma- Master Model Builder. Um, it is an awesome job. It does seem like a pretty rad job. And it seems oh, like yeah. it's for life or as long as you want to do it. We yeah, went, like, we went yeah, to a thing. Uh, Leo and I went to a thing at Hillsdale Mall where the Lego, our local Lego store is. And they had a master builder there. And he was building like a 10-foot oh. Yoda. And people could help. You could, he would get, you could take some bricks and right. build like a small piece of it. And yes. then he would take the small piece you had constructed and apply that to the See, bigger model. Did he tell you what to build? It's not about, just build something. He would, he, he would give you, you would take a little tray of pieces and a little mini instruction sheet that told oh, okay. you how to assemble that into a, into a larger piece, yeah. Yeah. which then went, he would then oh, take awesome. and apply to the larger and it's model. It's not yeah. about doing it all by hand yourself. You know, Michelangelo didn't sculpt. It's about all. having the vision. It, yes. It's about looking at a giant pile of bricks and then seeing how those can fit together not just to look cool, but also be stable and safe and be a sound Lego model. So uh, his original application was a stop motion video, yeah. which given the kind of popular, we, we did, a, I did a story about this last week. We'll, we can, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, given the popularity of Lego stop motion, mm-hmm. it's uh, like, it's a good fit. Like he's yeah. there, there, they brought him on. It seems like to kind of modernize, uh, the community outreach portion of Lego. You need to get out there and do a video with one of these guys. These guys are like the John, the John yeah. Collins of Lego. Like, I think it yeah. could be equally fascinating. I think we we, we could probably, we could have a chat. That is a great idea. Like Gary. you know, get a thousand Lego pieces and, and say, "Hey, we'll build a harp," and then this other guy will build a harp that's much better. Yeah, or yeah, or much. he could give us challenges and then judge us. I I, I want to see him build. I want to see him build too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, uh, Andrew Johnson, congratulations. And you know, we say him, but the, you know, the very first. Lego master model builder was a woman. Really? Huh. I don't doubt that. Lego is yeah. for all, all and, and why not? Yeah. Right. Um, a 12 year old lands the first 1080 skateboard trick. This guy is uh, named Tom Shar. He's 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of bullshit though. Well, yes, I there is. I watched controversy. the video. No, that's not a slight controversy. No, technically he did pull so, over. Okay. So let's give a little history. Okay. Tony Hawk, 20 years ago, did the first 1999, which is 13 years ago. When I was young, did the first 900 degree spin. So what this means is uh, one spin is 360 degrees, two is 720, yep. two and a half is, is 900, 900. Which previously was thought to be, in competition at least, done during like, impossible. games. Impossible. There had been footage in 1989 of someone doing it, but Tony Hawk dismissed it as saying the footage cut away right before the landing, so yeah. he fell. He probably ate shit. Yeah. And uh, Tony Hawk did it in 1999. It was amazing. It's one of the reasons why 1999 is when Tony Hawk did it. Oh, I thought it was 89. 99. 
Tony Hawk's not that old. He's only, he's only 40-something. He's 40, 42. Okay. He did it in 1999. There was no X Games in 89. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. And that's, that's part of the reason why there are Tony Hawk games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because he was the first to do this. Um, and I do a lot of 1080s and, and, and 900s. That's also and, the problem with Tony Hawk games. games. In video games. It's just real easy. Yeah, you just exactly. get up some speed and put some points into spin. Um, and this kid did a 1080, which is three full revolutions. Yes. Off of, I think it was called a mega pipe or something. It's the biggest pipe in the world. It's not a competition half pipe. No. Which is what Tony Hawk did the 900. Now, the kid of. did it on this pipe. It's in Tehachapi. It, it looks like a downhill it's, ramp. It's oh, in really? Tehachapi. We should go visit. <laughs> how like is, this, how is this technology related? Or science? Is physics. Yeah. Is it? So okay. he went down a 75-foot... Uh, like a ski jump, basically. Right. It's, it was 75-foot downhill, then a 50-foot pipe, and up another like 30 feet. And he was basically 15 feet in the air. And he was like, it's a tiny kid, 12 years old. And the idea, the question, the science part of it is that is it easier for a kid to do a 1080 because of body be construction and muscle mass an and stuff like that? Absolutely. And you, the logical answer is no, right? Because the, the adult's going to be stronger and just because they well, scaled up. But, physics is physics. But this is one of those things that, like when when uh, uh, Lance Armstrong had testicular cancer, he lost a lot of upper body weight. But because he was working out and stuff, he, he was able to keep his lower body strength really high. So there was a theory for a while. I don't know if it's true or not, but one of my bike friends told me this, that he had a big advantage in, in no, bike Lan- racing. Lan- Lance Armstrong has an advantage because he can process oxygen like a, like a mutant. But the, but the decrease in upper body weight reduced the amount of mass he had to push with his lower body weight. This is what one of my bike okay. friends told me. I don't know if it's All true right. or not. And anyway. he has massive likes. Cancer um, was good. The video, the video is awesome. Turned uh, into a positive. The, the kid, I mean, regardless of what the it's a terrifying ramp. Like, yeah, the, the ramp itself is terrifying, but he, you know, he can ride down it relatively easily, and he can do a 1080. And but it's gonna, but it's not. It's kind of bullshit. It's not though. in competition. It's not in competition. It's not on a competition ramp. Like it's not. It is a stunt, not a thing. Yeah. By the way, speaking yeah. of world records and what have you, I was very impressed by your your most recent of the the, th- the paper plane the series video, video, where you actually see the world record paper plane throw. I didn't know what I expected the world record paper airplane throw to look like, but yeah. it was not that. It was. Did it you was expect staggering the how far it goes? The pra- I mean, yeah, that's what John was the explaining. The bell curve. Uh, the previous world record one was sheer it's, it's, strength. It's the glide down that re- where you really get the distance, yeah. right? That's, that's what's all amazing. Design. Yeah. Well, the previous one just went straight up and straight down. Yeah, the down. people threw it up at a forty-five degree angle, and it and just chucked bombed it. down at the yep, other end. This one, because of the and we're going off t- uh, off topic, but I'll get, I'll get right uh, because uh, the, uh, the the angle is different on the front of the plane, the middle of the plane, and the back of the plane. Yeah. Um, the speed it's going at because it it's fast initially. It's slow. I mean, it just top. takes so long it, it to uses, come down. That's really where you get all your well, distance. The thing that John said, and I, I think it was in the video, I can't remember, but the thing that was interesting to me is that different portions of the flight yes. based on the speed use the, the lift comes from a different part of the wing. So it changes its flight characteristics throughout the, throughout the flight. Um, I, we got to throw the plane. Yeah. It was really cool. I've never thrown a paper airplane a hundred feet, but it was, it was like my, my throat, maybe not. You released a little early, Norm. If the ceilings were higher, things would have been different. If there was no Wright Brothers plane, things would also have been different. Yeah, I would have hit the wall pretty easily, I think. But anyway, 
Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was great to meet John. And what, what, I, what I was, and after all the amazing designs that he's made, I was surprised to see that the world record plane actually appears to be a very simple eight folds. Yeah, yeah. But the thing you didn't see was that the amount of tape that you're allowed yeah. to have on the right, world record right, toss right. was cut up like with a crazy precise exacto knife yeah. into fourteen tiny yeah. little pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, was it was it was very interesting. Yeah, I, like it was one of those things. Sometimes when you when you pick up something that's very precise. You kind of don't want to touch it because you're afraid you're going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. And this was very much one of those. Like when I yeah. threw it and it landed on its nose and the nose crumpled, I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I just make, just make another one. Well, you think that, but he had he carried them in like these big plastic boxes, uh, like the kind of thing that you put like your pre- Christmas sort. Yeah, because they probably in. take like a, a, yeah, a while to yeah. make. Yeah, he has a special exactly tool right. that he uses oh, to yeah. do the folds. Precisely. Yeah, and he I said that if, he, if he said that if he doesn't get one exactly right, he'll throw it away and just start over. Straight in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, it's not like the materials are expensive. No, no, no. It's we good. we discovered that Chloe Bananas likes to chase paper airplanes too. Because I really? I threw the Norm paper airplane, the one that he taught you how to make the other day, mm-hmm. and she completely lost it because it didn't behave like a ball. She thought it was a ball, but it didn't it didn't work like a ball. So, um, back up. We were talking about uh uh the ten. Oh, let's skip the. T- I'm done with the ten eighty yeah. thing. Move Watch on. the video. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, uh Neil deGrasse Tyson uh had an interesting story. Yeah, story came out the other day about nukes and asteroids. Right, it's it's the same thing he talked about in his TED talk. And if you don't know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, um, he's the host of Nova, Nova, right? Among other things, Nova. He's like kind of astrophysicist. He's an astrophysicist that's kind of like the spiritual successor, at least in pop culture, for I think of him as the Carl, yeah, the Carl Sagan of our time. Um, Some people would disagree, but uh, there's always people that disagree about everything. That's what we like. He's getting a lot of lot of attention, uh, rightly so, and he's bringing science into uh, into mainstream culture, which is awesome. Um, and he wrote this column about uh, killer asteroids. And uh, there like are... The one that killed the dinosaurs? Well, possibly. Uh, there are many, many rocks, space rocks that hit the Earth every day that uh, just disintegrate in our atmosphere. Um, NASA can't track them all, but what NASA does keep want to keep track of are the ones that potentially could impact us. And these aren't, it's not like a rock is flying, you know, across the galaxy will wander in our solar system and then hit earth. No, it's, it's rocks that are spinning around the sun. Yeah. Part of the asteroid belt, you know, with weird orbits around the sun. Elliptical usually. Yep. They on some passes will come close to earth. And there is a point where NASA can track and say, okay, if it's within this, like this line, then the earth it's a point of no return and the earth's gravity will alter the asteroids orbit enough that on its next pass, it will hit us. Well, there was another, another thing that I read this morning that I haven't written up yet that I'm going to, that said, basically we always have more than one moon. Like we think we have one satellite, but there's always always, a couple of asteroids that just got hooked in and spin around a few times and then blast back out into, into deeper space. So, so uh, how do we get, you know, and, and I think the asteroid that NASA is looking at right now, um, Apophis, um, has a chance of being affected, of falling into this danger zone in, I think, uh, two, in 20 years or so. And, but the, uh, and the traditional pop culture remedy is to fire nuclear weapons. Bruce Willis. Right? Yeah. Man. Right. And, and Sean Connery and, long before that. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in Deep Impact. And not just fire nuclear rockets, because there was the, yeah. the classic example. Do you put a firecracker on the harm hand or do you put it yeah. in the hand yeah. so you, and, and blow you it wanna, up? You want to get Or the, Robert Duvall. Don't forget about Robert Duvall. Yes. Space Cowboys, man. That was, that was well, like I said, Sean Connery was the original in uh, Meteor. Yeah. He was the first one to, because uh, that was actually kind of interesting geopolitical. It was like made during the Cold War. And the Russians and the Americans, the only way to destroy this um, 
asteroid was if the Russians and Americans could be convinced to fire all their nuclear weapons together at it. Like so they, Superman 4. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the danger was, what they realized was the, the weapons were actually, they, they did have no weapons in space, but they were pointed at Earth because they were meant to be used in like right. global, like SDI yeah. space war. And so they had to turn the weapons outwards and fire them out into space to destroy the asteroid. But it didn't it's work. They, they broke it up, but it still hit us pretty bad. So the, the, the bad part about firing a nuke at, and this all came out during the, the best summer ever when both Deep Impact and Armageddon mm-hmm. came out. I remember uh, it well. 97? It, it was a good time. Uh, 98, the, I think. 98, yeah. Well, the trailers are out in 97. Yeah, the, the problem with firing a nuke at an asteroid is you don't really uh, change the course of the asteroid. You just make a whole bunch of little pieces yeah. which have the same cumulative impact, and also now they're irradiated. So kind of not a – all in all, it's not a good idea, yes. really. It doesn't work like in, in Armageddon where it splits into two chunks, and one chunk <laughs> right. goes right and one goes left, and everybody's like, whew, that was close. <laughs> Too bad about Bruce Willis. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, yeah, so so explain the gravitational tractor because this is really cool. I've yes. never heard it before. So basically, you have a uh, you have another massive object that uh, gets sucked into the asteroid's gravity well, and then they attract each other because that's how gravity works. Uh, but then you then fire rockets on that object and pull the asteroid off course. So basically, you have the thing that we send up the gra- the tractor, and it. The the asteroid and it move a little bit closer to each other constantly, mm-hmm. and then you use rockets on the on the the thing that we send up yep. to make it be further away. And you basically the, have a bungee cord tied to the astro, a bungee cord of gravity. Wow, connected to Why the don't asteroid. Why you use a real bungee cord? What do you what do you think the current NASA stroke DOD contingency is? I'd say there's probably the, some deep the, bunkers the, the, somewhere in. A, no, I mean, I'm talking about like whatever you know, deflection, destruction. Plan. They've got to have a plan to, to fire something at an asteroid. Or do you do, think that, do, really? They I, have to. I, I don't think that I don't, there. There's, got, there's the somewhere right somewhere in a site NASA that only is sitting. Has there a, has to be. Well, we don't have a long – like we don't have a strategy. We only recently developed a strategy for looking for stuff that could potentially hit us. Yeah. The, stra- so, yeah, the, the best strategy is one – to find it so we know way, the way, way in advance. Way in advance. And then two, to study it so we know the material that makes up the asteroid. Because if the asteroid is made of ice, then no that's, big deal. Then Don't, different I mean, from, you know, you know, I, I know radiated rock. I know it all sounds very science fictiony and it sounds kind of too fantastical to believe it's but don't you think that again, somewhere in the in the deeper echelons of the US government, whether it be NASA or the Defense Department or even the kind of like the executive level. There has to be, like, if an alien did really land tomorrow or if a big asteroid seriously was coming at us, like in a movie, yeah. there has to be, they can't just start thinking of a plan now. Well, there you has know to be something the sitting plan there probably, for even the most crazy things yeah. to, to, that we can never really believe. Like, okay, yeah. a flying saucer just landed on the White House lawn. Somewhere there is a real first contact you, protocol well, for what to do. You break out the green folder. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Some, something and, is written down somewhere well, for I, how to deal with It was probably that. written 20 years ago or yeah, 40 years 40 ago. years ago in the 60s, yeah. Right? When people cared about that stuff and not updated. I, I figure that they're probably like the first day you're president, you have this brief, the mother of all briefings where right. like all this shit comes out, like Area 51, yeah. real, not real. Mr. President, here's what uh, you need right. to know. Yeah. Right. Everything you need to know. Book By the way, we discovered the this president, asteroid. Way above your pay grade. No. Yeah. We, yeah. we learned, we learned 35 blue. years ago that in 42 years, there's an asteroid going to hit the earth. There's nothing we can do about it. Uh, we have a bunker prepared in Wyoming. You know, like that. Plenty kind of, of movies that are coming out. About the scenario where disasters, you know, no, about you know, it's too late, and what would people do on the, the last two eight, you know, right. two months on Earth or something? Wasn't there a James Jim James, uh, Strange Days? Wasn't that about that? Like the no. end of the world? 
there, no, Strange Days was just a Y2K kind uh, of thing. There was oh, the okay. uh, Lawrence Venture movie, and then there's the Steve Carell movie. Oh yeah, Steve. There's Carell actually movie. more than that. Is there's a whole there's a whole bunch. There's one called like Last Night on Earth or something like. There's there's a whole bunch yeah. of of people dealing with um, the end of the world. So so back to the gravitational attractor. It takes a long time, right? Like that's like a multi year process. It's well, not absolutely. something you can just yeah. fire up and blow yeah. the nuke and yes. Bruce Willis saves the day. The point is, we are in, at a point in our civilization where. Uh, if we put our resources into it and if the whole world worked together to stop our annihilation, we should be able to do it. Assuming we didn't, we weren't the cause of our annihilation sure. in the first place. Sure. Interesting. Um, and then the last thing on the list is Amazon Video On Demand is out for PS3. I haven't downloaded uh, it yet. Really? I haven't yet, yeah. but I want to check it out. We have yeah. Prime, so I'm curious to to see. That there's often a lot of quirky, interesting stuff on yeah. Amazon Video that have you, you guys don't see got in other HBO places. Go working? No, I haven't. No, although yet? apparently Comcast well, is. No, I mean, you mean, I mean Xfinity? Xfinity TV. Oh, I got Xfinity working. I, mean, I stopped Xfinity. trying. I was I'm so still, you know, after my rant last week about different kinds of content, how it's fractured and fragmented on different services and different screens, I had yep. like the worst experience with that the other day. I was trying to get an episode. I was a few weeks behind on 30 Rock. I thought, okay, I'll catch up on my 30 Rock episodes. But I was enough episodes behind that like the one, the first one that I would need to watch to start catching up had already like fallen off the on-demand menu because it only five, keeps the last yeah, five episodes. Yeah. So I go on to Hulu. Oh, sorry, this content's web only. Yeah. Okay, so I've got to fire up the HTPC to watch it that way because none of my other regular Hulu device services will work on the big screen. Yep. And it's just, it's again, it's that, just so well, annoying. Well, that that web-only versus just Apple TV and pay 99 cents to, to rent just $3. Episode. Except they, they don't do rentals anymore. That's yeah, they why. do. Nope. Well, you buy the thing for three bucks. Who cares? It's three bucks versus one. Your time is worth it. I'm only going to watch it once. I shouldn't need to buy it for three bucks when I've already got all the, like this host of services, but they're all telling me for one reason or another, mm, that's some true. technicality, I can't watch well, it on their service. The idiocy, the, the fallacy of the HTPC and the, and the, this is web only thing is, is one of the most ridiculous, arbitrary. Like, it is ridiculous. That, that HBO go works on the iPad, but if I plug HDMI into the iPad and plug that into the TV, it doesn't work is idiotic. Yes, absolutely. And this is exactly what we were railing. We about did this last week. week. Yeah. yeah it's annoying. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I think we should talk about what we've been testing unless anybody has anything else to do. No, no, no let's no. do that. No other news this week. Oops. We have had a busy week of testing things. Uh, let's start with paper. Paper by 53. I used this some. We, we did a quick look. Uh, app of the day for it the other day. You have your Cosmonaut there, Norm. Yep. You seem to be ready to write. Mine is arriving today. I'm excited. You're um, excited about the Cosmonaut now. I, so dismissive. I and was now, I'm, I'm comfortable. However, I, you know, I like being right. I know. Must be nice. Yeah. Uh, I there's one huge problem with paper because it's really neat. I drew some really cool stuff last yeah. night. Like I drew something that I think is so good, I'm going to actually submit it as a as a threadless design. Wow! Like I, I'm really pleased with myself. Well, like, it's not vector art, so well, I'm going to have okay. to things. Magic has to happen. But you can, why can't you just export an image to the camera roll? Can't you? No, Are you can sure? send it to Twitter, Facebook, or email. I, oh, that email. That's can you do the screen cap? You can do screen cap. Yeah, but. It's high resolution enough. The screen caps can be twenty. Okay, I guess that's probably, screen by caps probably the, Thank you. But there should be an export to camera roll. Am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong. Um, what I've discovered is that paper is so convenient that I am creating these notebooks. I think 10 pages is really... I, I have like notebooks of drawing faces because I'm trying to teach myself to draw. And so I'm just drawing a lot of faces. Oh, those are good faces. Nicely done, Chen. Yeah, I have one for... I made a t-shirt after I had a... Is that me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> 
Uh, I, yeah, I, I, it's a neat app, but it needs to be able to export uh, more places, which is the – and like save to Dropbox would yeah. be rad. Yep. Um, anything else we want to talk about on paper? We did the quick look. I think that's. I think that yeah. speaks for itself. No, it's, you should watch it. Oh, I, I mean there was an article that came out earlier this week saying that apps like paper um, are the big next generation uh, – will, will be the big this generation of iPad – popular iPad apps. Like, you know, Who, well, uh, based on what? Based on like content creation and it's the screen being good enough. Finally, and, high enough resolution yeah. and the, di- yeah. well, and more I mean, importantly, we had, the digitizer we had being high so, enough resolution. Right. And, and but, we, it's, I mean, but it's just a sketchbook, isn't it? I mean, what am I missing? It, it is, but, it, but because we're dealing at 2560 by 1538 or whatever it is now, um, you actually have enough fine grain detail to draw something that looks good. Even when, when you're you, drawing with your finger? Yeah, because yeah. it, it uses smart stuff to make your finger look good. I actually don't know if the digitizer is high resolution on the new It iPad. has to be. There's no way it can't be. Well, math. Math can just make it. I mean, maybe it was already that high resolution. It could have screen. been, yeah. Just, and then mean, the pictures if just you, look If you shine a bright light at your phone or iPad, you can see the grids of the digitizer. And you can still see like spacing. The grid. Yeah. A magical world full of Tron and things. I can't. I need to memorize about that because we say grid all the time. And I feel like it's. Anyway, never mind. I watched Tron the other day when I was using those those uh, Sony goggles. Uh, but we talked about that already. Uh, uh, Gary, you had a Mac problem and you went to the Genius Bar. Yeah, it's not really the most interesting story in the world. Okay, but my- move on then. <laughs> <laughs> it was International Backup Day, wasn't it? Like a couple of days ago. It's, I, I mean, um, you know, if nothing else, this story is worth is oh. worth telling. It, if only as a cautionary tale for anyone out there who doesn't have a backup solution, please back up your stuff. Anything that you think is valuable should be backed up. So my, um, and this has happened to me before, even on, you know, when I had a PC, it was a similar problem. You know, hard, the problem with mechanical hard that drives was much is, worse, they, yeah, it was much worse. But so on this one, uh, the other day, my Mac's been, I have a 2009 iMac. So in, you know, in dog years, computer years, three years is pretty old. And it started to be, act a little bit jankily and I wasn't quite sure what it was. I was thinking about maybe, you know, redoing the OS from scratch to kind of clean everything out. Could just be clutter, just system getting old. Yeah, and then I started to hear the dreaded <laughs> that's noise from the hard drive. No. When as soon as you hear that kind of mechanical stuttering, that's the drive on its way out. Yeah, and you'd better start backing shit up. Well, hold on, because it's, it's, it's gonna go. It's worth. There are some drives that are loud and make clicky noises all the time. Yeah, but when, when, when you, you start hear hearing noises, noises, yeah, when you yeah when you start hearing loud noises that sound like really like like an engine, yeah. kind of sputtering and coughing at you, that's not good. You know, it's interesting you say that because that's one of the things that worries me about having SSDs. Is that you don't have that mechanical sound? They're always silent. Yeah, but aren't they also much less prone to failure? Not necessarily. They don't no. have the failure parts? is mostly in the controller board and yeah. not the actual memory. That's true. But yeah, so it's it's a but you don't have the warning sign. Like at least with the clicky clicky hard drive, you get the oh shit, I better back up. It seems like something's going bad. So what I do is I have I have like triple redundancy. I've, I as you as you said a few years ago on my PC, I had a terrible uh, fatal hard drive crash and I had no backups and I lost a lot of. I was able to recover some stuff off the hard drives, but a lot of it was just lost. And um, from that point on, I became very uh, anal about backing up. So I back crit- critical files back up offline to Dropbox. I have a time capsule, time machine that just you know takes every hour. It basically takes a complete snapshot of yeah, everything that's the on the system. Default Apple backup. Yeah, it's, and it's seamless. It's happening in the background. You never see it happening. It's very easy. You can you can. There's some pull. problems with it, but well, so mostly you, in the restoration stuff. You not. can go in there and pull files off any time. And also, if you have a complete system crash, like I did, so my system died. Like the hard drive was going down. I was able to pull some files off there just urgently because I also have a second hard drive, just a third party one that I just a la carte pull files mm-hmm. off, like my pictures and my music and any mm-hmm. crucial stuff I keep there as well. 
Um, so I've got like mega, mega redundancies, but the, so the machine died. I was like, oh, great. So I set up a Genius Bar appointment, take it in. They diagnose it. Yeah, your hard drive's going it, going down. I have Apple Care, so they're going to replace it for free. So they took it away for a few days, got it back on Monday. They basically had it over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, got it back. But again, this is one of the reasons why I like Apple is that when if you do have the, the service contract, they will take very good care of you. There is a place probably not far from you. There's Apple stores everywhere. You can go down the street. Give well, it to them. If you're in a big urban city, yeah. If you're in a large everywhere. city, so if you live like, in the middle of Tennessee. So like we have like we have like five away. that are all you know within 15 yeah. minutes of us. So I drive to the closest one, make an appointment. They take they take it in on a Friday afternoon. I have it back Monday morning, and when I get it back Monday morning, because they had to replace the hard drive, so basically it's a completely fresh system. That's all my data's nice. gone. Plug it in. Yeah. Uh, hello, would you like to start as a new system or restore from a time machine backup? Time machine backup takes a few hours, but then my system is basically with a few caveats the way that it was yeah, and the, all my files come back. The only things I, I like that a lot. The only things you have problems with are things like Photoshop activation and stuff like that. But yeah. So there were, there okay. were a couple of activations that I had to redo. There's a few other things like it wants you to, you have to log back into a bunch of stuff. It's not complete. It's not a perfect snapshot, but in terms of all your files and settings and everything basically being the way that it was, it's, it's pretty clean. It's really cool. And like, again, whether you, whether you're at, it's Apple or windows or whatever system you have, just back up your stuff because a, one of these days it's going to happen to you. We have a backup guide. Do we have, no, do we have a recommendation for a free piece of software to image your your hard drive, um, primary drive? The, the Acrona stuff that I That's think Symantec bought isn't free. I don't know that there's a good, easy to use free tool. Does, what, what does Windows have built in that's a good – do they Windows, have a good auto backup, backup solution? Backup is okay. Yeah, which is just fine. But like you, that, that's good if you're plugging an external hard drive. If you want to upgrade from there, I think the home server stuff is really nice, but it's like a pretty substantial. Given like given how bucks. cheap hard drives are these days, they I aren't would, actually. Well, I mean, they they were for a while. I'm sure they will be again. It's worth it's worth the investment. Get a hard drive. Get an external secondary hard drive that you can plug into your computer that's separate from your main computer, mm-hmm. and have whatever software that you use, whatever solution, whether it be manual or you have like an automated thing that does yeah. it on a schedule. Back everything up to a second drive. You will, um, and you know what? You will. You will, one of these days, you will have Most cause to be happy about so that. So many USB ports on the back of their computer, their building computer, yeah. that they never use. Yeah, using the front hub or something. If you just get, if you have like a motherboard, you know, an Asus motherboard with a USB three controller, yeah, get a USB three one. That's what I have. Run, yeah. and it's so fast. And I, and I feel great just knowing that it's for some reason just mm. knowing that it's a totally separate drive. That I can always plug into another computer yeah. very easily. Yeah, it makes me because I remember when my PC died and had everything uh, internal. Yes. I had to send off to, to Newegg for one of those internal hard drive docks mm-hmm. so that I could p- pull the drives yeah. out of there because the system was yeah. dead. Pull the drives out of there and dock the internal well, it's, drives with with another computer. It's worth so that having I could one of those. Data. It's worth having one of those anyway. They're twenty five bucks and, and yeah. it makes it really easy to like when you're getting rid of old drives and stuff. Like I'm cleaning out the garage right now and I had a pile of hard drives in there. I've just plugged it into the dock, seen what's on it, wiped it, done the seven times wipe, and I'm yeah. and I'm in and out. And I would actually like a bit more automation for my offline backup as well. Like a, a feature, for example, that I would love for Dropbox. I have, for example, a folder on my desktop which is just my work files and it has all my work, my writing, all my current projects are in there. That's a file that I want to protect. Mm-hmm. So I dr- I pull that into Dropbox like every at the end of every work day. Why don't you just save that? file in dropbox and make a shortcut on your desktop i guess i could do that as well yeah that's that's a good solution but what i was saying i would like you know if i didn't want to do that i would like at least some kind of like say the dropbox here's a file here's a folder that's somewhere on my system here's right. the address for it back it up every hour yeah. not just in the dropbox folder there yeah. are a ton so of tools sim links yeah you just want sim links. and i don't like the idea of not having a local i want to have a local version of it as well because what if dropbox goes belly up well, dropbox has, well you, you'll have a local version local version Oh, so the shortcut isn't just a link to the offline version? To the, to no, 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 what, no. what Dropbox does is takes a folder on your hard drives and puts it on the internet. Yeah. 
Right. And so, so you, even you if Dropbox stops working, version. even if you turn off Dropbox, when you, when you do that, you have the opportunity to keep the, like it says, do you want to keep these files on your hard drive or do you want to get rid of them? Right. Yeah. Even if Dropbox stops working. The only, way, only place where Dropbox doesn't do that is on the mobile side. Yeah, mobile, mobile. And the, and the other, because yeah, if you're paranoid like me, the other reason why it's good to have offline stuff, even if it's only for your super critical files. Like, I mean, I, one of the reasons why I'm happy to pay 25 bucks a year for iTunes Match, even though I don't use the Match part of it very much, is really I'm paying that for the security of knowing that all my music is, has, there's, a, there's an external cloud well, backup for it all. except for the explicit versions. Yeah, there's that. They yeah. need to fix that. Yeah. Um, all our podcasts. Back up your stuff if you take nothing else from this or just look into backup it's, it's, solutions. It's worth, uh, I just looked, hundred uh, two terabyte hard drives are 120 bucks for green ones. You don't need a high performance hard drive for backup to get the cheapest thing from a reputable vendor you can find with a good warranty. And yeah, it's worth spending. Like I, I literally have the dock with the naked drive jammed into it. I don't, you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on this. Right. Uh, and both Windows and OS X have tools built into them that but make backing up pretty easy. I will feel a lot better when SSD technology gets to the volume where we're away from kind of spinning platters and mechanical parts in hard drives because they 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 just fail. No matter how good our hard drive technology is, hard drives fail. Well, mem- the SSDs, the, the 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 studies have there have been studies that show that SSD reliability is not uh, significantly better than hard drive reliability. Gel packs, then whatever. Yeah, you we want need, we you need the cubes, next thing holocrons. Yes. Yeah. Um, isolinear chips. The mm. the thing is, you should just you should always back up because even back because the thing is, backing up protects you from hard drive failure, but it also protects you from malicious activity and mistakes too. Um, running a RAID one mirror doesn't do that, right? Uh, it, if you get a virus that wipes out all your MP3s, which was a thing that happened about eight years ago, that having a RAID doesn't back, doesn't protect you from that. All it does is protects you from hard drive failing. So you backing up and mirroring aren't substitutes for each other. They well, exactly. that's why I, I let my time machine do all the mirroring, but I also do a la carte manual backups of things that are the most important to me, like some of my music well, collection, time machine is my a backup. pictures, or my work files. What we're talking about is using two drives as one image, as one. As oh no, one don't volume. do that. But if you have a back, yeah. if you have a backup, it needs to be on a totally separate drive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, next topic: stop motion video. I. Uh, I tested a bunch of apps and ended up using Framographer to do stop motion video. Uh, well, this very desk, this very table a few weeks ago or last weekend, I guess. It seems like a long time ago. Uh, but it was kind of cool because I did, instead of doing a time lapse where you uh, sit down and, you know, everybody moves really fast and you play the Benny Hill music, I actually took a new frame every time I added a piece to this Lego build that's sitting on the table right here, the MIDI scale Star Destroyer. And I thought it turned out, it was neat. It was fun. I learned a lot. Uh, there's a how-to up on the site. Uh, Norm, Gary, you had talked about doing that before, and then I think you figured out how much work it was going to be. What, stop motion? Stop motion. No, I think it's interesting to watch uh, those builds sometimes. It's a good way to watch something come together, but I don't think I, I don't think I would put enough time into creating my own. It took six hours yeah. to do a 400-piece build. Yeah. So it was a good way to stretch out, like make the enjoyment last longer. Also, I was really frustrated by the end, so maybe it's not a good way to make the enjoyment last longer. Sounds like Tantric Lego all over again. Uh, kind of, yeah. Um, and then the, let's see, a couple of other things. Uh, Norm, uh, you tested the Lumia. Well, we, we did, we tested the Lumia 900. I did the phone stuff. That's it's probably the biggest thing. It's ev- like every other Windows phone except now, for the camera. I, I saw a very, uh, enthusiastic article on the Huffington Post this week that said that the Lumia 900, this is Nokia's big comeback phone and this is going to be the savior of Windows phone. Um, it's a big phone. It's, it's a, a, it's a big phone. large. It's a big phone because of LTE and the big battery right. inside. That's 
pretty much if I think Nokia, if they could have uh, had LTE and good battery life on a smaller phone, it would be the size of the Nokia 800. I liked the eight, I liked the 800, the smaller, the exact same design. Same design. That looks like a Kindle DX. Yeah. It's like it's too big. Yeah, it's same 800 by 480 resolution screen. And uh, the reviews came out. We had our own quick look and, and, and test for camera stuff. But the reviews came out, I believe, Tuesday. And I did not realize how many Microsoft fans there were on the internet who are so strongly behind this phone. Um, some reviews, this is like anything else. Well, so this this is that we've always said before. Like at some point, there's going to be the phone that everyone's going to rally around and say, yeah. "This is it. This is the messianic phone for Windows Phone Seven, and this yeah. is it, right? This is now what has emerged." Well, for Windows Phone Seven, the software which came out over a year ago, right? Yeah, I mean, it, so so there's a bunch of questions about longevity on this phone because they they Microsoft hasn't said whether current gen like the hardware is is faster it's the faster cpu than in the first wave of phones but essentially it's the same platform same memory same yeah. screen resolution there's no reason all that this that needs stuff. to be a quad core or even a dual core cpu on this phone not even talking about that the performance is really good on the phone as yeah. it is the question is when there's a new version of windows phone that comes out later this year theoretically they haven't said that but we assume that there's going to be a new version of windows phone this year uh are these existing phones going to be supported? I mean, this is a $99 phone on contract. So there's a- free actually on AT&T on the, if you order online. Oh, cause they give the they, discount. They, re- they reduce the price. Wow. Even. What, 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 what kind of offer would I need to make to you Norm, to get you to put away your iPhone and just have that be your phone going forward? Like for, do you think how it, long do you, going, what does going forward mean? I don't know. The next, the next year, one entire year, what, one entire year. You think you could, you, no, you could happily we, make that really, switch? Really, compelling. What were you talking about what until would you, the what iPhone would, 5 comes What out? would you feel like you'd be losing? I'd be losing... Um, Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Well, until I, they eventually get around to it. I think it's too big. I like the screen density. Picture. You missed the retina? Yeah. Okay. It's still a good screen. Yeah. No, it is. It is an, it's a good screen. It's not a great screen. Um. I mean, in our quick look, we went through all the apps that we use on our iPhone and what people want on their phones. And a good good chunk of that is on the Windows Phone platform. Uh, I'd be losing the security, like Will said, of uh, of knowing that this phone would last a year. I mean, I'd be okay with it now, but who knows? A year from now, a year from now, I can assume that the Apple, the iPhone, will run, you know, iOS six or five point five. Right. I don't know that this phone being the flagship Windows phone right now will run Windows Phone 8. Right. And that that is too much of an uncertainty. If this phone came out, and, and I think that's most of the reviewers had problem with with that, that this is running, this is the the best hardware running, not the best software. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, I think it's a perfect example of when the hardware and the software just feels kind of disconnected. You know, yeah. I mean, it took, it took Microsoft this long Oh, yeah. For them to to finally kind of get the hardware and the software together in a package that seems compelling, like it shouldn't take anything like that long. Yeah. Um, I did my own test on the the camera, and there are a lot of things I like about the camera. I really like the positioning of the camera in the back, in the middle. I do too. I often yeah. find myself putting my uh, a finger over the mm-hmm. a viewfinder on Especially the iPhone. Especially if you're using the volume buttons yeah. as a camera. Because yeah. if you're using the volume buttons on the top, the camera's actually on the bottom. Right. And, and your finger can easily and, go over and it. You don't expect that. You in expect the middle, it. you're not going to obscure it. Yeah. In the I middle, agree. Um, I like the dedicated camera button. Uh, image quality was good. The the wider ca- viewing angles are great. Uh, but 
there's a lot of things about Windows Phone 7 that I, I don't like from a fundamental like or app organization standpoint and just the UI stuff. I You know, I like the UI stuff. For me, the question is all, you know, when you buy a phone on contract, <laughs> if you're getting a free phone or a $99 phone, the cost of the of the phone is in the data plan yeah. and the contract. And I, like... If I'm if I I don't, I don't want to recommend something if we think it's going to be abandoned in in six months. Yeah, I mean I don't think Microsoft's going to abandon it. It's just it's such an like even with Android and again you know I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Android operating system, but at least I know it's going to be around in a year. You know I know my Android phone's not going to be defunct in a year. I mean it might be in terms of functionality with the latest version of Android, but it's still basically going to be ticking. Mm-hmm. Whereas Windows Phone Seven, it feels like it's it. it the the future of it, even in the short term, is just so imponderable well, that you don't know what you're buying into. I, I mean, the the situation as I see, it, and we talked about this in the comment thread a little bit, but they haven't they haven't said anything. So, you know, absence of information is is should not be mistaken for information. But it seems like if they were going to support it, then they would have said something by now. Well, we right? said before, we said last week, Microsoft's not just going to throw in the towel. They, well, can, but, they can't they can't just seed the hand the, the but, smartphone war and say, well, we give up. Here's the problem. They've sold so few of the Windows Phone 7 phones right now that they could abandon those people entirely and not piss off that many people. Like, that's that's the worst-case scenario. And the fact that they're not saying anything doesn't reassure people make them feel better about this. Yeah. Like, it's a good platform. It's good software. The 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 idiocy of the reviews where people are coming out and saying, oh, it has it, specs aren't high enough is is yeah. insane because the phone p- performs better than nine tenths of Android phones right. I've used in the last the, two the years. The quote unquote mediocre hardware. Right. It is it is absurd like that cost, right as they finally argument. get around to launching a handset that really, you know, justifies the OS and, and goes well to with it, it's right at the point where now the software is starting to look older. People are going, Well, maybe you don't want to jump in now because Windows 8 yeah. right yeah. around the corner. I mean, and that's that's really unfortunate because if they had it's not this unfortunate. Is, it's bad business. It's just badly well, yeah, planned, badly it, orchestrated business. Do one thing right, stab yourself in the foot the other. Yeah. Um, I, I, I Look, the specs don't matter. Like the thing, the thing that's important to remember about phones always is that specs don't matter. What matters is experience because you can't compare – just like you can't compare a Windows machine running the same hardware to a Mac machine running the same hardware to a Linux machine running the same hardware because the OSs are dramatically different. You know, you, even if running Photoshop on a Mac and running Photoshop on Windows gives you dramatically different results because they handle core stuff in very different ways on different OSs. It, that's even more true on mobile where you're not just talking about – the same hardware running on the same different software running on the same hardware. You're talking about different hardware running on different software. All that matters is what you get in your hand is, is how it works when you have the phone in your hand. How does it run the applications you need to run? How long does it take to launch stuff? How long does it take the, the OS to, to come back from sleep? That's what matters. Pay attention to that. The specs matter. Fuck all. Like literally the, 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 it matters on like if you're talking about one Android phone versus another Android phone. Yes, four cores versus two cores, one point five gigahertz versus one gigahertz matters. This phone feels virtually identical in performance to an eight hundred megahertz phone that came out a year and a half ago. Again, the biggest problem for me is ecosystem and the fact that you know it's trailing badly and there's no priority. Yeah. There's, there's there's no incentive right now for developers to make getting their apps on Windows Phone a priority. And so again, let's say you've got an Android phone, Norm's got an, an iPhone. Well, you're, you're playing around on Instagram and draw something, and I'm, I'm like, why can't I play there, with you guys? There is a massive incentive to get your phone ready on Windows Phone. I mean, when Windows Eight comes out later this year. Most of the apps that run on the phone will run on those Windows 8 machines as well. Okay. And vice versa. And, and vice versa. 
Like not not everything. I mean, obviously, anything that's written specifically for ARM is going to have to be recompiled. But if it's if it's a HTML five, JavaScript, whatever, there's like three different classes of apps. If you write your app the right way, it'll be cross platform. Mm-hmm. And getting a head start in this ecosystem now will like we've seen it with iOS. Every single time they released a new piece of hardware, the people who had the early apps that were high on the list made a fuckload of money when these new app stores yeah. open up. And the same thing is going to happen when Windows 8 hits. I, I it's, know- just, it's just also goddamn cockamamie and clown shoes. For Microsoft to say, well, right, Windows Phone, now we get it right. Windows Phone 7, yes, we uh, we finally heard you, and this is the new operating system that is brilliant, and we we're going to make a go of it. And then a year later, be like, oh, well, maybe not with that one, but this next one is going to be the one where we really well, get serious. Well, Windows 8. Start, they were late to start, and you know that's not a great excuse. Um, they are relatively fast to catch up now that they, they can copy some of the features that they know people want. Yeah. Um, they don't control the hardware. They have a strong partnership with Nokia. But they only they control the software. Well, they control the hardware spec, but they, they don't control the design they don't, and the or features. Or the release or, the, or, or right. a lot of the pricing. Uh, it is in their best interest uh, to work closer with Nokia to time the release of the next phone around the same time as when that why next not build a, Why not build their own phone? Why not? It's not what Microsoft does. Yeah. Really? What's the Xbox 360? It's the only time they've done it. It's the only time it's been good when they've tried it before and it sucked every time. What tried what before? Building their own hardware. Well, the Zune was a good piece of hardware. They just couldn't figure it out. But if they had a... Well, like, why not, it wasn't why not good have... enough. If it was better... The problem with the Zune was it was as good as the iPod, not better. Well, and the, the pro- and the pro- and again, the problem is the same problem they face now, which is coming into a market which has already been locked down around a couple of key brands. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Well, the, the smart thing is the pricing. They are, again, not going for us. They're not going for converts. They're going for people, first-time smartphone buyers, which, of which in the world there are many, right. walking into their stores yeah, but here in AT&T store and getting a free phone that's – this is a great free phone. The mistake there – and I know that there's been a ton of research. I talked to, to some analysts about this the other day on the Twitter. Um, the mistake there is that the thing that's holding people back from smartphones isn't the $200 that it costs to buy a smartphone versus a free feature phone. It's the fact that you have an extra $30 a month of data plan attached to your cell phone bill all of a sudden. And I I understand tons of research say that people are much dumber than that, but I firmly believe that people are not so idiotic that – is that oh, – okay, that was you uh, – that that they think um, it, it, that, they, that they're not paying attention to data plan cost. I, I I can't imagine that people don't pay attention to data. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what killed so the kin, right? Microsoft yeah. must know this better than so, anyone. So the solution to getting first-time buyers in isn't to make the phone free or $99. Attractive the solution data plan. is to make an attractive data plan that is at, that's realistic. Because the, the attractive, what, $15, $10 data plan that AT&T has is idiotic at 250 right, megs. megs. Yeah. There's the, that's going to last you an afternoon at best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the Lumia. It's a nice phone. I thought it was pretty good. IE still crappy. IE does still suck, but I think that's I think that's probably more because they're not using WebKit and they're using their renderer than because there's something fundamentally like it's just nobody supports it. The it's a it's a chicken or egg market share problem, just like anything else. Uh, and then the last thing on the list. Well, we have two more last things, I guess. Uh, I tested a whole bunch of Twitter clients yesterday. Um, like a whole a whole bunch of desktop Twitter clients. TweetDeck has gotten bad for, for Adobe Air. It stopped working right. The new version, I think, kind of sucks. Uh, tw- what used to be Tweety and is now official Twitter for OS X has problems too. Uh, and uh, Lauren Brichter, the guy who made that, is now no longer working at Twitter. So yeah, there's there's a void. I tested a whole bunch of them. I don't think any of them are particularly good. I still use the official Twitter app on Mac. I think it's good. 
uh, for me, it it gets it just gets stops working, and I have to force quit it once or twice. Oh, I've never had that problem. I yeah. just like it because it takes up almost no screen real estate. Like I, I just oh, people like I, I used to enjoy having like TweetDeck as like my command console of Twitter, but like I don't really need you know Twitter's just a, like a little thing that happens in the corner of the screen it doesn't dominate my whole screen. And soon it'll happen in the corner of your eye. Oh, even better. Well, I like that. Um, and then uh, so that's on the site. You can read that. It's a. I, uh, there are constant rumors of Tweetbot. Tweetbot needs to come out with it coming out on OS 10. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think that, like, when I posted that, one guy said, "Yeah, I really wish that Tweetbot would come out for OS 10." But at this point, I think the guys that make it are just fucking with oh, us. Oh man, that iOS feature. I mean, the, the mute feature. I use that on Twitter during the during March Madness. Oh yeah, <laughs> that certain people do just do nothing tweeting about college basketball, yeah. which I could not care less about. Awesome. Mute. I just stopped following them, but that's me. Um. And then the last thing is you you dug through your closet. Your your report cards were were prescient, Gary. Yeah, my old school report cards. My teachers pretty much had me figured out. Yeah, the one that the one the one I liked best was uh was the one is various Gary is creative and quite intelligent, but sometimes doesn't know what was it. Hasn't quite figured. Hasn't yet worked out when to say nothing. Right. Um, that's it. That and it. what's funny, let me show you one. But if you go through all my school reports, because I've got about thirty of them. They all they all say the, they're all variations on the exact same theme, huh. which is that Gary needs to learn to be quiet and did you guys listen have, to other people. I mean, obviously you did, but I my report cards were never never had that. Never had like you didn't have long notes. notes. Oh, I guess you had no. computerized report we cards. Computerized report cards in middle school, elementary school. There was an experimental program where I had a long checklist of like and like a five scale, you know, okay to you know satisfactory to excellent. Oh no, so, we didn't do that. We had we had. So I think all the way through, maybe in high school, they had like something that the secretary typed up. Yeah, we never. But all the way through, like elementary school, especially, you always had like a little note section on each report nope. card. Yep, computer. And they filled it in and said, "Oh, it's letter grade and average." Yeah. No, we always got those personalized reports. And yeah, I found a bunch of cool stuff going. So we, you know, we're re- reorganizing the the house uh, for imminent, you know, baby arrival. It's amazing how something that's basically the size of a bag of flour. It can completely dominate your entire house before it even arrives. That's, you know, in high school, they should have that now instead of the two It's like eggs, suddenly we don't, we used to, yeah. it's, it's a bag of flour. They like, did that. Be, we, we, they carried bags of flour in my high like, school. Before Leah became pregnant, we had a ton of room in our house and now there's nowhere near enough and yeah, this thing hasn't even shown up You're going to have to yet. move. So the guest room had to become the nursery. I built the crib and we had to move a bunch of stuff out of one room to make room for baby things and the, it, it, it creates like a chain reaction. It trickles yeah, down through your whole house. Things the baby actually will not appreciate. Yeah. Ungrateful little Yeah, the baby's fucker. probably never going to remember this house. You guys will have moved into something else. What the hell? By the time the baby is enough of a human being. You should just wet its lip and stick to the But wall. because I had to like go go into the dark, dark recesses of my closet, where it's usually just a bunch of stuff is piled up because I had to reorganize the closet and make room for other things, I found a bunch of cool Like I said, I found my own school reports. I found my Sega Dreamcast, which I didn't even know I had anymore. I thought oh, wow. I, my Dreamcast I thought I'd stolen. given that away. So I still have my Dreamcast with Crazy Taxi, which I'm very happy about because it's the only way to play Crazy Taxi with like the proper, you know, offspring soundtrack <laughs> yeah t- crazy taxi and tony hawk pro skater 2 for dreamcast like those were my core dreamcast games yeah um so i'm very excited about play i've still got to find the uh, av cable for it because i can't find that yet you can but probably I've got get it, that on amazon i've got it powered up ready to go it's i'm very excited to, and i need to get an extra long cable as well because like the idea of wired controllers now is ridiculous to me yeah, remember what a controversy that was when the 360 and PS3 were coming out? Oh, the battery! It's going to be just like the Wavebird. The Wavebird. Yeah, and of course now the idea of wired controllers just seems absurd to us. Yeah, I like wired controller on the PC. I mean, pros again will we'll continue to insist on it, right? Because you don't want any 
issue of possible lag. Like you just want the straight up connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but for people like me that want to just be able to sit across the room, yeah, cables are just yeah. nutty. Uh, so anything good out of the closet besides the Dreamcast? Anything so the, I was very excited. I was very happy with the Dreamcast. Um, a bunch of random cables and things that, like, I have a massive bag of cables that is just like one huge, like, massive yeah. knotted ball of madness. But so I managed to get a few cables out there and the, I, the things that I know that I'll you need a lot, and I put them in a separate box. I kind of organized my life a little bit better. Uh, but what I, I found my old Game Boys. My, I saw ori- that. my original Game Boy from 1988, the first one that the came out. The six AA battery one? Four, du- four, four AA's. AA's. And then the Game Boy was Pocket. Was the one with Tetris or did you not get yeah. it before? I found, I found, no, it was the one that I, I got Tetris the day it came out. That's no T-spin Tetris too. That's, that's Te- wait, big Tetris that was bundled. It was, with, came with it. Yeah. yeah, it came with it, right? I didn't, yeah. It didn't come bundled with my one. Oh, I, oh maybe yeah. not in the UK. Yeah. Because ours had, mine had Tetris. Yeah. And then I got a Game Boy Pocket, which is basically just the same. Before the Game Boy Color came in, still black and white. But a lot smaller, runs on two AAAs. AAAs. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's what I'm going to use now uh, for my old school gaming because um, the original Game Boy, though it still turns on and works, the screen is kind of jacked up. Like it's not really. Well, it, it ate batteries too. And it ate batteries as well. I mean, it's definitely got some old school appeal, but the pocket is also pretty old school as well. And it's a lot yeah. smaller and easy to carry around. I think the first one, I think my sister bought a Game Boy, but the first one I bought was the color. And that was a, that was a revolutionary experience for me. Yeah. one? The, I, ba- the turquoise, yeah. I basically bought te- I basically bought that first Game Boy as a. Te- I mean, that Tetris cartridge was practically fused in there. I mean, I don't think I ever put another cartridge in it. And we used to have the link cable. Yeah. And the first time we ever played Tetris, where like, you know, if I create a Tetris, it shoves up your stack and yes. it comes down to you across the yeah. link cable. Oh my god, brilliant! Yeah, I, I was like, what, what? What just happened? Oh, you screwed uh, me! Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was good times. Did still, you guys, still the best version of Tetris ever made is the original Game Boy version. Did you get into the GBA? And Dr. Mario was good, too. I played a lot of that. And and I think Super Metroid, or, or Metroid, there was a Metroid game that came out for the Like I said, I don't think I ever Boy. played anything else oh, other than Game God, Boy. Remember game. the Game Boy Micro? Yeah. Well, that, that was, was after, so ridiculously teeny tiny. That was after tiny. the Advance, wasn't it? Yeah, well, there's Advance and then SP, which is widely considered as the best Game Boy yes. in the modern era. Uh, and oh, I didn't like the SP. Oh, it's fantastic. Because it had both the uh, original Game Boy cartridge and the advanced cartridge, but and the flip-up better screen, um, really ergonomic uh, and pocketable, and the micro. Uh, I didn't like the form factor. Can you, you hear like Chloe the, in the headphones, you think? She's barking right know. now. I don't know what she's barking at. She's I didn't, in the other room. I didn't like the landscape form factor hmm. of, the, she, of the SP. I, well, it's the same same screen resolution. Is, though, there right? any, is there any system that you can buy on the market today that is still backwards compatible with Game Boy? I which, think, which ones? I think the Game original Boy? DS. The DS would play original GB. Yeah, I, well, I have an, games, I have an original DS that will play GB. And even, GBA, the, and even the DS Lite. Takes, takes my GBA cartridges. Yeah, it's the, I don't think it's it, the DSi one. But I don't though. think it takes... No, the regular DS Lite. Still, no, no, but the DSi... DSi lost it, yeah. yeah. So that, And I don't think they sell that anymore, the original DS. I'm do sure they? you can get it used. That's what I'm saying, but there isn't like currently a, a, an in-production system probably which not. you can still play Game Boy games Those games are 20 years old at this point, 25 years old in some cases. And yeah, they, and they and even the ones that are compatible won't play my ancient, original, chunky no. Game Boy cartridges. This is a problem. What? Some what? asshole's fax machine is calling me. And because I don't have a fax machine on the other end, I, they just keep calling every five minutes. And I've been annoying. doing it all day. Wow. How do, how do you, there's no way to stop I'm that. just going to forward it to the fax <laughs> machine and then throw the fax away that comes out. I need to find somebody's fax number that I can forward my oh, calls right. to. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. And, and you'll then, let it go through so it'll stop trying. What I should do is forward it to like the subway so that they get, because it's going to be somebody for the assistant DA's office or something. I don't know. 
Um, did you guys ever do the thing where you plug the the GBA into the GameCube to play that Zelda game? Nobody or Crystal did Chronicles. I did it. It was fun. I don't care what anybody says. It was a good experience. Do you, do, you still out, do you still have pe- encounter people who ask you to fax some things? Because I, I, I do all the time and I complete, I find it baffling. I'm like, I actually, I actually said to someone on the phone, like, where, do you, where am I supposed to go to fax you something? Well, we've been filling out paperwork. Yesterday I had someone ask me, ask if I could, uh, they could fax me something. And I said, can you send it to me in a PDF? And they said, oh, that's a lot of trouble for me because I had to scan it and then convert it to a PDF. Well, that's the thing. I, sc- I scan Why stuff. Oh. All the time, like I get paper. If I've got to sign a, a piece of paper or something, I'll I'll sign it, scan in the signed copy, and then email you that. But oh. faxing is—you've got to be kidding me! I I scanned a high res of my signature a long time ago, so I just copy and paste the signature into shit that I need to, to see. Do that. That, that's even I smarter. paid ten bucks for I annotate. And that was good I too. Use the cosmonaut to actually sign. See, that's smart as well. I use my finger Very with the I annotate, and so I look like uh, like a yeah. serial killer, yeah. basically. It's not your thumb. It looks it looks like I'm. I'm yeah, I need to come up with a better solution. Like a, but like people still voices. ask for, people still ask for faxes all the time. It's I honestly again. don't even know where you would go. It's escalating. I hate these people. You, you got to do something. Fax machines are the devil, man. Um, that'll do it for what we've been testing. We're really super late today, so we're not going to do questions. I have a big backlog. Maybe Norm and I'll do a question and answer podcast at some point or something. Blast through some. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Gina just hit the door. Hold on. That won't do it for us today. Hold on. Do we do anything else? No, I guess that's it. We'll have some fake outtakes. Do you want to do one question? No, I don't want to do questions. I want to talk about fake outtakes. Okay. Well, I'm going to play the music, and then we'll close the show and do fake outtakes. Okay. We'll do questions next week, as always. Actually, we we have a big backlog, so don't send any more questions right now. No, send questions. I listened okay, to all okay. of them today. Only two of them were good. Quality of... Or length or yes. topic. Yes. Yeah, we don't we don't generally do, hey, what phone should I buy questions? Because everybody but you thinks they're boring. Not not you, Norm, but everybody, the person whose question we're answering is bored by them. So uh, send us questions that are more kind of spiritual or or about credos and stuff like that. Uh, it's podcastatessa.com. Keep it under 45 seconds. Make sure it sounds good. That's that's like the biggest thing. The biggest reason we reject questions is because it sounds like you're recording it on the back of a motorboat, which isn't a good sound for anybody who's listening at home. Uh, and that'll do it for us this week. Uh, as always, thank you, uh, Gary and Norm, for coming by. It's nice having you down in the house. I'm glad. Uh, oh, yeah. It's coffee and all that stuff. Still feels very, uh, very homey to come by. It's a beautiful day out. Yeah, yeah. a little chilly. But get out. Get a coat. Right. Yeah, this is Pacifica, man. Get out of the Layers. city. Get uh, close to the ocean. Yeah, it's nice, nice, to, nice to be able to see sun while we're doing this instead of just being locked in a basement someplace. Uh, today's outro theme comes at us from Fat Tony. I think this is his first one. Thanks, Fat Tony. We'll uh, see you guys next week. Now, the best part of that is, I I don't know if you do, but I remember what that's from. I don't remember what that's from. It's from the it's from the animal crackers. It's 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 from it's it's from me saying that you and Norm should act out the oh. animal cracker scene from Armageddon. And you say nobody wants to see that. And I put it to the chat. And that was me res- reading out the, uh, the, the chat oh. responses as they came in. It was everybody, unverified, though. Everybody wanted to see that. They could have all been saying, no, no, I would need eye bleach. And you would have said, yes, yes, yes. No, you, times, you yes. saw the same chat stream I did. I wasn't watching chat that day, uh, so I don't know. I think you'll find that's what people wanted to see. We have topics. Gary... Well, first off, Felicia Day's uh, YouTube channel has launched, Geek and Sundry. Uh, mm-hmm. Our friend Veronica has a show. Uh, your friend Will Wheaton has a show. 
where he's doing board games. He's playing board games uh, with his friends, and they sit down and, and people of note and uh, people in the geek universe. people of note in in our world. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, you expressed interest in being a guest on said show in the next season. Yeah, it seemed like the sort of thing that I would enjoy doing. Uh, I I think that you being on the show would help that show a lot to liven up the conversation. Okay. <laughs> I, Did you feel that the first episode was uh, too I, dry or something? It was a little am, am slow. Am I allowed to be yeah, honest it's, well, why, why wouldn't you? Why I, wouldn't I, you? I, I, I did yeah. not enjoy the first episode. I think... Uh, and you are like you should be in the in the wheelhouse because yeah, exactly. you love Wesley Crusher. Uh, well, no, I don't love Wesley Crusher, but, <laughs> but I you think love board games. I love board games, and I love uh, it's a great it's a great idea for a show. Yes, it's, I, a, it's I a good love the idea. I don't know why no one's a bunch of geeks sitting around playing a board yes. game talking about people geeky you stuff. like exactly. Yeah, it makes um, sense. And they had uh, Sean Plot Day Nine, who's a very uh, well known commentator on StarCraft on there. So I wanted to watch him, right? And he's also a big board game geek. Um, I didn't know that. So it was. I went in wanting to love it, and I was incredibly bored. Um, I, I mean, I, did you not think the personalities were lively enough? Or I don't something? think they edited it to make the use of the personalities. I think they were. It was more about the game really than the conversation. And is what I would say. right, they, they cut. They did this cutaway to like, oh, will we? Like, they had the other players talk about how the other you know, what they thought about the game. Like, oh, I'm going to try to do this, and I can't believe he took that move from me. But that's not what we really wanted to hear. They almost do it like like a sports cast. It was yeah. almost like reality show. They had like the little confessionals. Like at this right. point of the game, I was thinking this. I but wanted like dinner for five. It, Just yeah, good they geek conversation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like with the framework of the board game around yes. it. And they did too much. I mean, they spent a whole whole bit at the beginning explaining the board game, but not enough time explaining the board game because they cut like, around it. Well, it's hard. It's hard to like as it's as anybody very, who's very tried difficult. to teach somebody who's not played a game before, especially Small World, which is a complex game. It's it's a difficult thing to do in like a four minute chunk, which is what they right. tried to do. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's Will's fault because I think he did a pretty good job of it. But it's a challenging it's a challenging task. I think it either should have been. Like full hour or two hours long, and had the entire game. And it was what, like thirty minutes? Thirty minutes edited down. They should have either made the point of the show explain the game, or start off with a game that a lot of people know, right? Um, or just went straight up podcast style and have it, you know dinner five and yeah. have it fun. Be like fun. dinner, I, I would love to hear a conversation with those people. Yeah. talking about things they were, of interest. I, exactly. I, I wanted to see what it was like it, for a popular YouTube StarCraft guy to talk with you know the MythBusters guy, right? And right, and, right, and. Grant. Yeah, Grant. But they didn't do that. Yeah. So, but but I thought this was a fantastic opportunity. When you said, hey, I'd like to, to troll do this, me, I thought it was a great opportunity to troll you because I have tried to teach you games before. And God, and, and God forbid you ever miss an opportunity. Well, it goes both ways, Gary. It's true. I, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. We, I, we both give as good as we get. I do not feel like I take unfair advantage. That, that was the fax machine again, by wow, the way. Wow. They're just not leaving Every you alone. Every five are they? minutes. I'm going to have to do the whistle in a minute. Um, yeah, like from our experience trying to so teach you how to just, play Ticket to Ride. Let's just recap the story a, here, which is a very complicated okay. game. No, it is not. a. It's the simplest of these games. Not the way you explained it. <laughs> um, on me. Thank you. Having watched uh, Will's new show. Will I, Wheaton. Will Wheaton. My golf buddy. Yes. Not me. Well, I, my name is Will, too. So right. It's, that's true. We're yeah, but Will, Will with one L. I thought, that made, yeah. I thought that was clear. But Okay. There's um, no pronunciation difference. I, I, I lingered on the L less, uh, quickly. I got it out quickly to indicate. Will. Will versus Will. As Will. Okay. I can see that. Um, I tweeted 
that I would be interested in being a guest because I have no shame. Yeah, and, that is uh, 100% true. And Jordan McNew, who's a friend of mine and also someone who's well-known in the geek world, created Prince of Persia. Um, and uh, Karateka. Re- retweeted, and yes, Karateka, um, retweeted back to me, oh, I did, I, I, I've done it. I've recorded an episode. It's great. You should totally do it. And copied in Felicia Day, who runs the, the Geek and Sundry YouTube channel, yeah. and Will, to say you should have Gary on. And Felicia very nicely tweeted back and said, oh, we'll have him on next season for sure. Because I guess they've probably already shot out the first yeah, season. Sure. And they'll do season two. Um, so, you know, as long as nobody forgets, I maybe that's something I'll do. It seems like it would be fun. And so, so, and then, so you, in, and then was, you instantly, instantly I am me privately to say, Dude, that's not you, a don't, idea. you don't know what you're doing. You shouldn't be <laughs> no, getting no, no, involved no. in this. No, that's not what I said. What I said was, I don't think you've thought about the repercussions of volunteering to do this. Okay. Because you have no control over what game they're going to choose to play. And if you sit down in front of a game like Small World, well, you are going to be you bored within like five First of all, minutes. you don't even know that. What if part of being a guest is That's they possible. say to you, what games would you be interested in playing? I can't believe that anybody would ever say, yeah, we should play Small World. I could be wrong. Maybe that, like, I don't get that game at a fundamental level. So maybe I, maybe it's everybody's favorite game and I'm the asshole. The point is, I want to see you learn to play Agricola. Well, That's this, what I want to This is the say. point is if I actually were to be a guest... Presumably, I would know ahead of time what game is going to be chosen. Yes. And I would take that time to be a professional and to learn the game and practice it so they show up prepared, just like wait. any professional would. Why don't we just do this ourselves? Because it's already, you know, that's cheap and lame. Well, I like we don't, so. need to, we don't need I did, to do it seriously. I did like no, the idea, won. though, of like where our hypothetical conversation went, that I end up on the kids' table playing Hungry Hungry Hippos <laughs> while the grown-ups are playing, you know, Ticket to Ride or, or whatever. Game yeah. of Thrones. And, and, I, and then I get frustrated even by I can't understand the rules of Hungry Hungry Hippos and, like, tip the table over, <laughs> cue crying children. Without out. Fade out, Finn. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a good. Yeah, so like, I, I would watch. Don't tell me you wouldn't watch that episode. Oh, I, dude, dude, I'm watching it regardless. I'm, I'm, I'm 100 percent in. Tip the board upside down. Little hungry right. hippos' balls go flying, flying everywhere, everywhere. Right. smashing it, crushing the hippos' necks. And hippos kids, are going to starve. Kid, kids are crying their eyes out. Call security. This is perfect internet, right yeah. there. It's good internet, internet gold. Um, we're putting you against a, a prodigy. Board game, but in reality, I it would be it would be a good sport. Like I said, you need lively personalities to make these things interesting, and I think I could be a lively. You are definitely a lively personality. Oh, speaking of uh, games, uh, I know the guys at Bomb have played um, the uh, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, we, I we, actually we, got. We, a, we were there, and I, I actually I have a set now. Oh, I, oh, well, I, I want to play. I have a set. Yep. Oh, well, one of my one of my housemates has a set, so I have, I have a, a set have I access. can use. I have access to a set. It's a great game. Um, I went to a party where I played that, but I also hold played, on. Explain what cards we should. It's, it's apples to apples. If you don't know apples to apples, is you get cards and you match. Uh, uh, it's a matching game. We're trying to pick the most appropriate or the the funniest uh, adjective with a noun uh, or the situation with a noun. So, for Connecting example, in apples to apples, you will get. Uh, custard, and then you have to choose uh, delicious lemon, delicious yeah, I don't know apple, so, yeah, whatever. Right, and it's a variety of cards, but it's very tame. Apples, apples is very PG, um, and cards against humanity is very R. No, it's not even at, R. At bare it's, it's it's blue. It's it's like it's like a it's like a really offensive. It's comedy. it's very yeah. offensive. Yeah. Uh, but in addition to playing cards against humanity, because I don't want to just do that. Everyone's done it before. We also played meta game. Have you heard of meta game? Yeah. We played the metagame. I played the metagame yeah, with it's, Ben. It's, it's really fun. Um, it's just the Apple's Apple's the meta game, except um, instead of uh, you going around turns and you know one person picking out the, the winner, it's about encouraging discussion. So the adjective cards will be situations like 
you know, what game has the best graphics or what game is the most cinematic or what game has the most hardcore It's basically following. like an internet message board and argument. And then the cards that you have are game names. Um, and so you would play, okay, I think, you know, I think Quake has the best graphics or the Quake had the most influence in this culture. Right. And, and somebody then, else might have Super Mario Brothers. And then you have a big argument braid. about it or you make a case for it. So it works surprisingly well. If, if for people who So you're saying you like should mix games, up, shuffle the cards together? And do cards against humanity with the metagame. I don't like these these games, and there's a whole stream of this, I guess, in like just regular kind of family type party games that are all about like trying to get people talking. You know, you know like you know, mixer quant- games. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. Isn't conversation <laughs> just something that should happen organically and naturally rather than here's a list of like topics that are going to kickstart conversation? That just seems kind of lame. Well, to me. the metagame is more about. Um, uh, conversing about video games it's like more it's more about showing you the depth and the creativity of your knowledge of meta of, but what of it turned games. out it turned out because if you play that with people who write about video games for a living then it's very like pretentious oh i know so much about this game yeah that's true and i uh, you know my piece for this website was about unless this. you're playing with jeff yeah well, if you're yes. playing with jeff then the whole other thing exactly. happens yes. but um cards against humanity is showing it's about showing how filthy and blue you can get it's kind of like the producer's joke yeah Right, like it's it's literally. No, it's, is it the producers? No, you're talking about the, you mean the aristocrats. The aristocrats. Yeah, sorry. What's the producers? That's, That's the, the musical. Musical with Nathan Lane and yes. and and uh, Ferris yes. Bueller um, and, and Hitler <laughs> and Hitler. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's it's like the aristocrats. You you basically it's just an opportunity to see how incredibly filthy you can make every single instance. Right. Um, so it's it's almost an exercise in grotesqueries. Um, Anything else we want to talk um, about? Oh, I saw, I saw uh, Gerald Dreams of Sushi. Oh, the sushi movie. How was it? Amazing. Did you go to the Embarcadero to see it? So yeah. was it was it like was it like Helvetica amazing or was Better it Man on Wire amazing? I, I would say not as I, I'd say Man on Wire. It was I liked like it, as, it. It made you really happy watching this movie. Yes, that somebody and cared also so much. Uh, made me really hungry. Uh, <laughs> you can't watch this movie and then not have sushi afterward. Kind and of funny. It's not in Japan town. Uh, that's, that's racist. racist. That's, no. Well, maybe a little. Yeah, it is. Um, I did have sushi afterward, and it wasn't as that's good as the movie. I learned so much about like sushi. Isn't mm-hmm. it the worst time to go get sushi? Because you're going to be so aware of the fact that sushi you're getting is probably inferior it, to the it, stuff it, you just but saw. you still want to eat it. Right. Um, I didn't realize how important tuna was. Uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie. It is about an 85-year-old man who is re- regarded as the world's greatest sushi chef, and he has devoted his entire life since he was 10 to basically making sushi. Um, but there are some nice, you know, it's not just about sushi. It's about, the oh, it's like indie game, the movie. It's, it's about family and, yeah. and all that stuff. Like all good documentaries. I'll see, I'll, human I'll see it when it, when it's available on demand. It's one of those yeah. movies that I want to see, but I don't need to go to a movie theater the, to see it. The best thing about uh, documentaries is that usually the time from movie showing to Apple TV or Netflix is incredibly low. Right. Uh, yeah. They're, very not, they're not money makers. Yeah. Yeah. No, so yeah. I, I'm stoked about that. I'm glad it was good. It's very, very good. Um, I tested some earplugs. I forgot to talk about this. I went to a concert the other night and I wore some of those earplugs that are supposed to like make you not be deaf, and um, and also not muffle not muffle music so badly that you can't you know like not like if you put the orange <laughs> you know the orange um, you know the orange ear ear stoppers in like you use if you're using a chainsaw, mm-hmm. uh, and they worked really well. Uh, they muffle a little bit, mostly high and middle ranges, like vocals mostly. 
But for the most part, I was pleasantly surprised, and my ears didn't ring for the next two days, which was awesome. Uh, next Monday, I'm going to be uh, doing a short stint on a Forecast, which is a podcast by Tom Merritt, who's uh, the other guy on Sword and Laser with Veronica. And I'd never heard of this podcast before, but it's basically about uh, every week he gets three guests to come in or four guests to come so in. So there's and four people? So there are four people, and each person uh, for 15 minutes makes a prediction about the future, which is why it's called Forecast. Huh. Um, so is it the F-O-U-R cast or the F-O-R-E cast? It's F-O-R-E. I, or I'm, not, I'm not sure, but it's, okay. it's a pun. Um, four people talk about, make forecasts about the future, and he brings in What's people from different... No, there is no topic. Everyone uh, just gets 15 minutes to make a case of what they think is so something like a that will happen That sounds like a lot of work. If you've got to like, prepare... Yeah, a whole, that's that's a why I bring speech. it up. I have not decided yet what my forecast is going to be. Um well, you can't do the goggles because everybody's going to want to do that. Well, the thing is, you can talk about as far in the future as you want. It can be very speculative. Heat death of the universe. <laughs> that is a very safe bet. That's a very, very safe bet. It's not that safe. I mean, uh, traditionally. What would, I have some ideas in mind. I don't want to share them right now. Okay. But if, what, you know, if people have ideas that they want me to talk about. Hey, guess who's calling? Why don't, you just, why don't you just turn that off for the duration of the podcast? In airplane mode. Then I'll just have 50 million voicemails. Well, you better, at least, at least it won't be interrupting the podcast every five I minutes. Guess that's true. I'll put it in airplane <laughs> mode. You guys are mean. Um, who, do you know who the other guests are, Norm? I don't know who the other guests oh, are. Oh, really? You're going in cold. So he could, cold. he could have really good people and you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what if you go there and it's like Stephen Hawking and Neil deGrasse <laughs> right. Tyson? And I'm like, I think everyone's going to have an iPod in the future. Yeah. Erogenous cloud. This is oh, the opportunity the for the erogenous right. cloud. I could popularize. You should do the erogenous cloud. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I, the singularity, everybody's fucking. That's all it is. <laughs> That's right. All the time. <laughs> they rush just fucking. tuning forks. Right. The, yeah. right. Just boom. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do something like that. That sounds way too lofty and intelligent. I couldn't actually like hold forth on well, the subject. I, I for feel like it's minutes. it's on me to uh, lower the conversation. I don't, I don't want to elevate. That's going to be the longest fifteen minutes of your life. Yeah, because the uh, it's, is it, first is it or open last? discussion, or do you just it's go o- for fifteen? No, minutes? no, you, you go and then it's open discussion. So the other guests critique your forecast. Oh boy! Uh, but that's but that's prepared. part of the fifteen minutes. You don't, part of the 15 you don't, so you don't have to prepare no, no, a fifteen no. minute thing. Okay, a fifteen minute presentation would be. Silly. I would not go until I knew who the other guests were. Right. No, I, not only do I not know who the other guests are, I don't know the order. I don't know what their expertise is in. They could have much better. You don't want to go last on that one, right? It's also done. They invited me up to the studio. I said, "No, I'm not going to drive to Petaluma to do that." Uh, so it's all over Skype video. Oh, so, the, so you're going to have the crap connection too, then? Yeah. Why don't do you, you go do you up do, there? Yeah, you should drive I, up there. That's it's an hour drive during a weekday. Yeah, but the oh. studios are cool. It's good to go up it, there. I, if I had more time in a day, didn't have to. Do is it what time is it like five or something? It's four o'clock. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I, this could be a train wreck. I can't wait. I'll be watching live. I'm very excited. I'm going to just you, I mean, do you feel like you're going to talk about something like near future and grounded, or are you going to be like more kind of out there into the distant future? More out there. Or I think it's safer cloud. to be more out there. Yeah. I don't know. You can sound really ridiculous if you start talking about uh, next, year, next year, I think. I mean, if you be too specific, it's not fun. Like, I think Microsoft is not going to do Windows anymore next year. I don't, oh, no. Come on. It's got to be more interesting than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the interesting things are the prediction you make about, you know, Swimming pools will be filled with liquid that you cannot drown in, like from the abyss. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there is this, that's a surefire winner. Dogs will get vocoder collars so they can speak in three years. That's not bad. 
It's what do you think ridiculous. if you if you had to give a prediction right now? Yeah, and like, as as accurate as you feel like you you could be confident. How long do you think it's going to be before we actually have people living sustainably long term off Earth? Like, well, we have ha- people living sustainably off Earth right now. No, I mean like a, oh, self sustaining, like a like a colony. I'm talking about a real colony, whether it be on the moon or anywhere years. else. Longer, I think it's longer than that. Depends on whether we spend money on it. Or I, th- not. I think, I think, I think. You would, you would have to have a you, the Kennedy moment would have to be right now for that to happen. Let me, let me, I mean, ain't anywhere I mean, close to that. Let me phrase it another way: if if we as a nation or China or or India or one of the other space nations made a commitment to do it right now and invested money in it, right, we could there have a self sustaining. No, but there's no benefit the in that. Yes, we could. Not, we could yes, we could probably have it a lot sooner. That the point I'm making is taking into account the political, the social yeah. environment where we're nowhere close to spending hundred years. Like Newt Gingrich, right? Is is I don't like him, but I actually think some of his space stuff is interesting. But he's considered a lunatic for talking about it, which tells you how far away from the political reality that is. This is like, true. I you, take it back 400 years. <laughs> I, you know what? You laugh, but I, I, no, I actually think he's years. closer. I think I actually think 400 is closer than 25. Yeah. I think I – think, um, there's no need for it to happen. The novelty, I mean, the, the well, fact self-sustaining that, is the catch. That's right, hard the, to do. There would, the, well, there would, ha- there would have to be a very, very strong practical application, like the discovery of a massive energy source that we could go mine or something. Like, I, we're not going to do it just for pure research or like because we can. No, that's the, true. The, yeah. Because it's there or because if we want to see we can do it, it, it does not fly right now when everything's fucked up here on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and it never will fly as long as things continue to be fucked up on the ground. We need our first contact moment. Man, uniting the, the 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 world we yeah. need it we need an alien invader to unite us in hate against the uh mm, the squid. outside force S- psychic squid psychic squid yeah really united the world in the watchman i guess that's true well i not in the watchman i saw okay we'll see you guys that will we're back every thursday norm you're on monday at four on uh twit uh, sure i think that's what it is that's where you can find i'm it. looking forward to that and uh gary anything to plug uh no not this week okay Well done. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.